0: Told me put my foot on their throat. Had to let go of some niggas last year. Wish they let my nigga out on parole. By cold, white niggas used to warm the house with the stove Shit, if he made it out of this bitch Ain't no telling where my talent can go Skinny nigga from the foe Used to battle rap niggas for bread when I'm bored Fuck with your boy, used to swerve in a Honda Accord to the store Hit up the midget for Newport 100s and lottery tickets Now I be whipping some shit that I pray for All my shit paid for Niggas will switch on you quick like what team do you play for I dedicate nigga like case clothes All my life I have been ten toes G-E-D, my initials. So for what you talking. I get every dollar.
1: I don't have a color. What's going on everybody? It's your boy Jordan.
2: And this is
1: Desmond and welcome to episode 75 of Two Black nerds. nerds. That's right, it's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes on all things, fandom pop culture and entertainment. As always, you can find two black nerds wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support, And of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Black Nerds. We appreciate that love y'all and let's not forget to mention we have brand new merchandise that's available now at twoblacknerds.com go check out our two black symbiotes collection Mm. inspired by venom let there be carnage we got t-shirts crewnecks hoodies stickers mugs and tote bags so go ahead and place those orders right now on today's show we'll be reviewing the latest installment in the halloween franchise halloween kills we'll also discuss the medieval drama from legendary director ridley scott the last duel plus the psychological thriller series you has returned to Netflix, So we'll spend some time sharing our thoughts on season three. But before we get to any and all of that, we're kicking off this week's show with a roundup and recap of the global DC fan experience, DC Fandome, which took place virtually this past weekend. We know that this is the second DC Fandome event, the first Actually took place last year, last August of 2020, which we absolutely covered on this show. And it was the first event of its kind for DC. It was a completely virtual event, obviously necessitated by the fact that everything was happening virtual last year because of COVID. And so they decided to put together this virtual fan experience to roll out a bunch of announcements as it relates to their movie projects, television, video games, comics, everything under the sun, all things DC. And so, because of the popularity of that event, we both thought that it went off really, really great and excellent last year. They decided to bring get back this year and have it happen this past weekend and of course we got an announcement of the lineup a few weeks ago so we knew a lot of the stuff that was coming and I know we both had our hopes and aspirations for how things would turn out and we yeah. definitely got some news some 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 surprises and then definitely some things that we expected to see as well before we dive into the to, to the actual specifics of the event because we will break down all the big stuff such as the Batman trailer the first look at Black Adam the Peacemaker trailer the stuff that they announced from Milestone um, before we get to all of that specific stuff. Just quickly, man, I want to get your general thoughts. How did you think about, uh, or what did you think about the entire DC fandom event this year? Did, do you think it was a, su- a success overall?
2: Yeah, man, I think overall it was a, a success. Um, I do think there's some things different from last year that they didn't do this year that I know um, bothered other fans. Uh, and one of those things was a schedule, right? There was no schedule this year. There was no, at one o'clock, this is going to happen. One thirty this is going to happen. And for a lot of people, I know they don't like being baited until, you know, waiting to or, you know, being forced to watch the whole thing to see what they want to see. People like us, we don't care. We're going to watch the whole thing. Like, we're going to like everything. But I know for a lot of people, it it annoyed them that, let's say, they wanted to watch uh, nothing but the Batman stuff, right? They had to literally watch the whole thing because you did we kind, I could, I mean, most people knew the Batman stuff was coming towards the end, but like, still, at the end of the day, it was like, dang, there's no schedule. Like, imagine the person who just wanted to see. I don't know, Supergirl stuff, you know? And then they had to watch the whole thing until the Supergirl stuff came on. And so I know, that, again, that was a big thing, um, for some other fans. But other than that, again, people like me, people like you, I think it was a decent man. Uh, I, I was hoping for like one more big surprise that didn't happen. I, I don't know what that was. You know, it could have been anything and I thought it was going to happen and I didn't, you know, I didn't get that. But again, overall, I think, um, they, they gave me what they said they were going to give us and I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I think uh I really do think that last year's event
1: was for me much more successful probably a lot of that is due to the fact that it was the first time that Mm -hmm. it had happened so a lot of the stuff that we saw was we knew we knew of some things that were coming last year but it was just a new experience it was a new way to experience announcements and rollouts from dc in that way we obviously know that typically these big companies uh, especially comic book companies they attend the the big cons that happen whether it's san diego or new york or other cons that happen um but because of the virtual you know nature of things last year doing this event was a new experience and so last year it was just a it was completely surprising for me how much I enjoyed it and this year in particular I do think that they kind of fumbled in a Mm -hmm. lot of areas I I, I liked that it was shorter to be honest like I liked that they tried to condense things down they kept it within three and a half hours unlike last year it was basically an all-day event Um, I think it lasted from like one until 10 p.m last year so Mm -hmm. it was it was a pretty comprehensive experience and by shortening it you definitely sacrifice some stuff that I also feel like we probably missed out on for example i think that with a lot of these movies that are either still in production or they just finished production and now they're in post-production and they don't have that much to show it probably would have been beneficial to have a panel accompany whatever it is you're showing if you only have a 60 second teaser or just one quick scene of something that that really isn't gonna it's not gonna wet our appetites that much it kind of will but it kind of won't then maybe like a panel to dive deeper into to, to the product is gonna be really helpful like let's see a a flash panel why not do that with Ezra with maybe even Michael Keaton and Mm -hmm. Ben Affleck like if if you're able to get these people on board to talk about the movie give us a sense of like what the movie is going to be because we only saw you know and what we saw liked. don't get me wrong but it was just so little you know and I think to build an entire event around that where it's just such little stuff we're getting Mm -hmm. kind of a mistake also, to be honest, man, and this, you know, I, I'm not knocking anybody that, you know, loves the DC TV shows on the CW and things like that. But I don't know. I think, to your point, a schedule would have been helpful. Mm-hmm. It might have also just been equally as helpful to maybe do something separate for movies versus TV Mm. or just like separate these things out. Because just transparently, I don't think a lot of people like the majority of people are watching this for the DC TV stuff on the CW specifically. Like they definitely have their fan bases for sure. Again, I used to watch a lot of those shows a while ago, but I think that a lot of people are coming to this. For the movie stuff. They're coming Mm -hmm. to see the Batman trailer. They're coming to see this first footage from The Flash. So it might have been more beneficial to just like separate these out. I don't know if it's like two different days or to your point, maybe it's just a schedule would have helped out a lot of that. If there was an hour dedicated to the DC TV stuff, well, okay, you know, I probably won't watch that because I'm not interested. I can Mm -hmm. wait for the movie stuff. But everything was so it felt almost random with the scheduling. Like Mm -hmm. it kicked off with Black Adam, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden we're talking about Supergirl, and then we're talking about season eight of the flash and like the gold boots is now Mm -hmm. like right that's the big sell that's the thing that's the thing that's gonna like get us to watch the flash (laughs) i guess he finally got his gold boots and then you have other interesting parts for me where it's like okay we have this milestone portion and then we're gonna look at ava DuVernay's projects with dmz Mm -hmm. and and naomi but then you have like a movie that rounds it out and you know comes at the i don't know it just kind of felt i think they wanted to keep it fresh and freshen it up with the schedule but it just kind of felt like there wasn't that much thought put into like how these things would play for mm-hmm. for a viewer as an experience. So, I think there's definitely some lessons to be learned. Um, they really should utilize a schedule or something of that that nature to help people guide and, and and adjust their expectations. And I think more substantive content around these these different releases, whether it's movie or TV, would be helpful. Um, yeah. Maybe you make that stuff available on demand. Like the main presentation can be the three and a half hour event, and then if you have like an extra panel for the flash or for aquaman okay go to dc or to our youtube channel and watch it on your own time if you choose to you don't have to watch it i just think that they have to like really think about stuff like that because some insight into these projects that we didn't see that much about would have been nice that's kind of my big thing
2: i really my hope is that a, a lot of the failures or things that didn't go right in this year's dc fandom um is mitigated by the returning to cons to be honest because we would have gotten a flash panel with ben affleck and ezra miller and you know michael keaton if, if cons were a thing again you know that would have been a yeah. whole event if this was new york comic-con man it definitely would have been a whole flash panel there would have been a supergirl panel there would have been a um you know aqua man king of atlantis panel with james wan and you know and and i think the the absence of that con presence really is a weird rush for time that you don't have to do when you're in person um, so they should think about maybe doing both somehow, I think too, uh, which would also make sense. Um, but again, to your point, the, the video games kind of suffered too, cause they, we didn't hear it. literally they showed Gotham Knights and then, and they were like, Oh, that owls are coming. And then that was it. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I mean, what was the point of that? Really? You're like, all right. Honest, like, <laughs> you're like, all right. But yeah, I, 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 really do think return to cons could uh, could help DC fandom as a, as a compliment, um, to, to what's going on. Certainly. Well,
1: with that said, man, let's go ahead and get into it. So obviously we had a bunch of announcements. Again, a lot of these were things that we knew. There were a couple of surprises here and there, but we're going to we're going to start off with the movies. We're not going to bury the lead here. We're not going to do like DC fandom and make you (laughs) wait the entire event to talk about the Batman trailer. No, we're going to talk about the Batman trailer right now because Mm -hmm. a lot of us admittedly waited around to see the Batman trailer. <laughs> Obviously this move this movie is highly anticipated. There's so much excitement around it. This new iteration of Batman, Robert Pattinson coming in, Matt Reeves coming off of his apes movies coming to direct this this new this new look and this new take on the Batman character. Obviously, at the last DC fandom back in August of 2020, that was the first time that we saw anything from that film and at that point, they only had about 25% of the movie shot. They were still in production. More delays happen. More shutdowns happen. The movie is finally finished filming for the most part. So they have mm-hmm. a lot more footage to work with this time. And they are in post-production working on the VFX shots and all that stuff. The music, everything to to, to really help bolster the film. So we got a much more... A much more full-length look at the Batman coming so man let's just go ahead and talk about it and dive into it fully and then we'll just you know sort of like go through the rest of these things you know sort of you know quickly touch upon them because they're not as I don't think they're as in depth as, as the Batman trailer specifically but let's talk about it man what did you think about what we saw from this brand new trailer
2: oh boy oh boy oh boy Christopher Nolan you can rest easy you can go to bed take a <laughs> nap because the the D- D- DC is no longer on your shoulders, man. Matt Reeves has picked up the burden, cause that man came with the fire in this trailer. I loved everything about it. I did. I, I mean, I, and, and you know, I was ranting about this, but just to start, the way the movie looks in terms of a production and the way it's shot, standpoint is so. I mean, of, of course, the camera work is great, but the the editing, the amount of grain used is just perfect to tell a noir tale to make it look like it's not today to make it look like it's in you know uh, uh gotham to make it look just the the batman that um he told us that we were going to get and first and foremost I had, I had to point that out um but other than that everything just looks good i mean what uh, phew, bruh first riddler is going to kill it paul dano is here Oh man he's paul alive dano's he's still here. in the movie he's still he's in gonna the movie. steal the movie and, and i can also tell because they wouldn't show him they wouldn't show him a lot they mm-hmm. were like they're
1: holding back they are
2: holding that man back and i know i know why i can feel it uh but uh we we gotta talk about the way this nigga was getting shot up through this through this hallway though <laughs> i have never <laughs> seen <laughs> a more i don't give a fuck what you got in your hand kind of batman walk in my life i mean it to and to give us that in the trailer just means there's more crazy shit coming um because that everything about that like you can slow it down which i did i know whatever <laughs> <laughs> but and, and it just look there's like nothing broken in the scene it looks amazing it looks like bullets are really ricocheting off of this man's chest uh it, it just everything about it man i think zoe is going to kill it as catwoman she's giving me what I thought she would, um, because I think it's in her naturally. Like some people just have Catwoman in them, and of course Zoe is one of them. Like she, she's just killing it. But um, I mean, I could talk all day about the trailer to be honest, uh, because there was so much in it. Also, this is one of the sexiest title screens at the end of the trailer that I've yeah. ever seen, It was upside down, and I was just like, "This is beautiful." Um, I, I just really cannot wait to see this movie. But uh, clearly, a lot of action um and some and some nolan influence right like there is Nolan influence in this movie in the even the beginning of the movie not nolan influence but it looks like blade runner i was like is this blade runner um as soon as the movie opens you're like
0: "Ooh!" uh
2: and it's good to see him in full costume of course i have questions right and they're not going to be answered until i see the movie but it's like the, the freaking clown gang you know that's going on here and, and all kind of other stuff but um just really excited that this trailer happened that it's here and that the movie's really not as far away as it seems you know it does seem far away but it's like really around the corner so um this really just amped up my excitement more than it already was uh and i'm just glad to be here man shout out to 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 matt Reeves for giving us everything he said he was going to
1: man fucking awesome there, there's really nothing else that can be said about it I, I also really appreciate it that even before the trailer, before I talk about that, that they had a mini panel and, and, and a little behind the scenes featurette mm-hmm. to talk about the movie I'm like, yes, give us some insight speak about it, let's hear it in your own words what you mm-hmm. think about this movie and how you would describe it and what the tone is and what we can expect from it, all of that stuff, I'm like, yes really get me excited about what I'm about to look at provide some context, that's exactly what Matt Reeves did last year, that whole segment that he did before we saw the first teaser, I was like this is, this is amazing, we actually know what the movie's going for we know what type <laughs> of story it's going to be we know that it's going to be you know really based in the the detective aspect of batman which we haven't really seen in live action of course and that led us into what we saw and i'm like yes this makes sense this fits that style and tone it did the same thing here man they just knocked it out of the park the trailer is incredible it, it's just it's phenomenal like the way that it looks this really looks like a batman right. movie i mean i i don't i don't even I can't even verbalize exactly what that means, but when you read Batman comics and then you watch this trailer, they're mm-hmm. they they, they they're symbiotic. They feel yeah. one and the same. And a lot of that is due to what you just mentioned, just the way that it, that it's shot and the color editing and, and the choices behind the camera angles. Like, Greg Frazier is the cinematographer on this movie and what he's doing, which we've only scratched the surface on what he's doing here. Like, it just looks phenomenal. The color choices, it's not oversaturated, but there's enough color in there. And it's really presenting that, that that noir element of Batman. And I think also it's helpful that a lot of this movie was shot in Scotland, in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. And this version of Gotham that we're going to get, which is incredibly important to the character of Batman, just the way the Gotham looks and feels. This is going to be a different Gotham that we haven't seen before. This is going to be a very european influence style of gotham with the architecture and the look and the fact that it looks like it's gonna rain for 75 percent of this movie i'm like i'm fucking here for it it's raining everything <laughs> we've seen in the trailer on yeah. the posters it's gonna be raining all the time and i'm like mm-hmm. yes do that that's like that's reminiscent of like even like old michael mann movies from the 80s like thief like it's just mm-hmm. like these wet damp streets with rain and, and, and you're dealing with this really nighttime neon city influenced yeah. aesthetic and i'm just like i'm all here for it The David Fincher vibes are there. Like, this is a crime thriller noir. The the detective aspect of it, obviously, is a a big element. And probably my favorite part, you already just mentioned it, is the end. The fact that we see the Penguin, Colin Farrell, unrecognizable. And he thinks that he's... yeah right right an (laughs) italian mob boss penguin and he thinks he's one up batman he's like i
0: got you i got you
1: like an idiot thinking thinking he's actually got you know one up on batman and here he comes in the batmobile through the fucking explosion of the flames and lands basically does a p.i.t move on penguin knocks the car over you get the upside down shot of the batman which is i mean it's on the nose but it, it works it fucking works and it almost made it feel like a it almost made it feel like a slasher movie you know in those moments when like (laughs) somebody's running from which we'll talk about michael myers later but they're running from a slasher killer yeah and they end up in a car accident the car flips over and they're looking at the killer coming at them upside down Mm -hmm. that sense of like that foreboding tension building up i mean it almost presents batman as like a a force of nature almost villainous in a sense and i think it's uh it's interesting to see that this isn't an origin story for Batman and Bruce Wayne, but it is a, it's is a—it's an early, young, year two one. type of story. Year, two, year yeah. one, yeah, mm-hmm. year two, like, going into that. So young Batman for sure. And I think Robert Pattinson's take on this character, we're going to see him still working out a lot of his demons. Mm-hmm. He's working out a lot of shit, like, in real time. He, he isn't really right. Like, you can tell that there's a lot of rage and fury and anger, and that's coming through absolutely in this trailer. There's that shot of him just, like, Throwing his forearm into the into the you know the police screen mm-hmm. when he's talking to Riddler. Like there's obviously some anger there. We also got that teaser shot from last year where it looks like he's about to confront somebody and like Gordon has to hold him back. I'm like, yeah, he's just gonna be pissed. And mm-hmm. it shows in the way he's fighting these criminals. Like he's beating their ass, like unrelentlessly. <laughs> he's just going in on them. And I'm like, I'm here for it. Like, let's I'm get vengeance. that rage-filled Batman. Like, <laughs> literally vengeance. Um, so it was beautiful, man. Yep. It was just a beautiful trailer. It did exactly what it needed to do. It just mm-hmm. gets you more excited for the movie, which is always the goal of a trailer, to get you amped up and anticipated for it. So I, I can't wait for March. Less than five months away at this point, really, really close. Yeah. Closer than we've ever been to this movie. And the marketing overall for everything we've seen has just been a 10 out of 10, if you ask. Killing me. it. Everything points to this may be a classic that we have on our hands and yes. the fact that they are holding a lot back from paul dano yes he's speaking volumes to me what they didn't show us is speaking volumes to me um alfred i mean andy circus like fresh <laughs> off of venom and we're seeing the wow. mirror doesn't he just look
2: perfect Is alfred just, like it just looks like an alfred yeah it's it's crazy it's really wild
1: i also love that he's also he's sort of he's sort of uh apprehensive and almost like antagonistic to bruce like you mm-hmm. if you keep going down this road you're gonna you're gonna end up in a bad way you know i think we've seen Alf- obviously like other iterations of alfred to be supportive of bruce yeah. obviously help him with this version face. of alfred seems more like i'm
2: mm-hmm. not with this shit bro because he like but he, he's younger too he's not with the shits like right, yeah right. if, this if batman running. younger this this alfred's also younger he's he's still not with the shits yet so I, yeah I it. it'll probably take him like another movie for him to actually Mm -hmm. buy in and like okay i'm gonna help you out with this stuff so just great stuff man i can't wait yeah bro me either uh uh, i can't wait to see this uh, italian penguin i have to know what this means (laughs) but hey remember they 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 talked about this penguin series that's happening but now i'm like oh so it's like the penguin but the sopranos i get it now you know, like, it's like, oh, there is an angle here. Like, without having to see the movie, what's the angle? And I think that's now the angle. It's more than just, you know, a, a Penguin TV show now. It's like an entire other thing. So I'm I'm more interested in that now, too, after seeing this trailer.
1: Well, it has to be a good sign of faith that they've already greenlit two spinoff series for HBO Max. Mm-hmm. It has to be a good sign of faith in the product that Matt Reeves is delivering here. Like apparently, if you're doing that, if you're buying in that much, you have to know that the movie is good. It was similar to what they just did with James Gunn. Like they automatically gave him a peacemaker series, Mm -hmm. knowing like they saw Suicide Squad, like this is really good. And this Mm -hmm. character has a lot more that you can do with them. So I feel like it's a similar situation here. They know that they have a great movie on their hands. And I'm I'm just super excited to see what comes of it. So certainly can't wait to see more from the Batman over these next coming months. Obviously the marketing will ramp up as we get closer. That will be coming out in March of twenty twenty two. We also got our first look ever at Black Adam, a movie that's been long gestating, yes. long in production, I mean, in de- all sorts of development hell. If if you don't know, The Rock got cast as Black Adam in 2007. Yeah, bro. This was, this was before he was the biggest actor in the world. Mm-hmm. He was still... He was still, I mean, he had been in Hollywood for about six years at that point, so he had done a, a decent amount of work, but he wasn't the global superstar in Hollywood specifically that he is now. I mean, right. he's been either one or two on Forbes' highest paid actors for the past like six years. So this was still early in The Rock's maturation as a, as a movie actor, mm-hmm. finding his identity that he was cast in 2007. And here we are in 2021, and we finally got a look at Black Adam. We finally got a look at a scene, a quick scene from that film, and- jesus christ <laughs> just when you thought that dwayne couldn't get any bigger i mean he just he becomes the most massive human ever to play anybody on screen <laughs> because what the fu- and apparently there's no padding in the suit and i'm looking at it and i'm like bro is he really that huge it's is he oh, i man, mean I, come on that's it's insane and, and what we saw i mean we're seeing that he can basically eviscerate a human being with his bare hands yep. because he has the power of he has the power of Shazam. He can mm-hmm. use the electricity. And it, it, it was it was brutal. It was brutal to see. It wasn't much, but it was a nice quick tease to just get us excited about that film, which is coming out next July. Um, it's hard to believe that it's actually happening, but it is. They did wrap filming. They're in post-production right now. That movie is it's coming, y'all. It's actually coming and it's going to happen really soon here, but I liked what we saw you know of course you would want more but it's still like almost a year out from the movie so I think that they gave us a nice little touch at the at the tone that we can expect from the Black Adam movie and I'm just ready to see all sorts of carnage happen across across that film
2: yeah man it's the age of villains it, it is when I mean, we got the Joker movie and we got um uh, what did we just watch uh, uh Venom Venom we literally just watched Venom, Venom. Um, and and so you know I'm really excited to see this. It, it's just as I remember being like so surprised in Shazam when like he melted a person. um <laughs> He like actually disintegrated somebody, and then they're carrying over that tone here for Black Adam. But you can tell they're gonna turn it up a notch, and I'm really excited to see that man just to be able to see The Rock to finally play this character again. After over a decade of (laughs) him being cast uh, as as his character. Um, And I I think it's going to be great. I really do. I think Black Adam is going to be, I know for us it doesn't seem like a secret, but for a lot of people it's going to be a secret hit because they've never heard of Black Adam. They are, they're, they're going to be there to see a rock movie. They ain't there to see a DC Black Adam movie. Um, But when they see what Black Adam is, what Black Adam can do, and once they realize he's a supervillain, there's a lot of people still don't know this man's a villain. Then I think it's going to crack. And I'm excited to see, this and uh, Fury of the Gods merge, right? I'm I'm excited to see how what the post credit scenes look like, you know, in in, in either this or, or Fury of the Gods. So it's it's gonna all come together soon. But I love I like what DC's doing with Black Adam and man, The Rock, it, like he said it, he he was born to play this character.
1: And and you know, we didn't see him in this in this first little, you know, tease, but let's not forget the supporting cast in this movie. Huge. Like the Justice Society is gonna be in this movie. We have Pierce Brosnan, is Dr. Fate outside is doing Hawkman yes. like this is going to be really great stuff. So he's going to actually have some very formidable foes to go up against in the in this Black Adam movie. So I can't wait. The rock like you mentioned, you 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 really read my mind there. Like there's going to be a lot of people that just show up because it's the rock playing a superhero mm-hmm. and they they don't truly know. Like even I mean, like somebody hit me up like, "Tell me about Black Adam." Like, "I don't know who he <laughs> is." And I'm like, "Oh, There's plenty to talk about. This man is a beast. He's a force to be reckoned with. Like, he's actually, he's a badass. And so I'm excited for people to even discover how important Black Adam actually is to the DC Comics universe. Um, We also finally got some footage of the Flash movie which is coming out next November of 2022 with yeah. Desmond's favorite actor, Ezra oh. Miller, oh boy. as the lead of this movie. Um, you know, again, it's really early, so they don't have like a full trailer to cut together. But we, we've been long talking about this movie just because of what the implications of it could mean. Mm-hmm. This seems to be a multiverse type of story. We've talked a lot about the multiverse on the show as it relates to Marvel and DC, because that's where they're, they're heading in a lot of these, these future projects. And so we finally got some quick glimpses of the Flash. It wasn't much, but we got to look at the costume. We also got our first shot of Sasha Kaye as Supergirl, We also saw another version of The Flash Mm -hmm. in the movie with Ezra Miller. Um, We got some voiceover work from Michael Keaton, who is returning as Batman, we know, in this movie. We also know that Ben Affleck is going to be back in this movie. He wasn't in this, you know, this quick look, but we do know that he will be in that film. He's talked about that on, on numerous press runs lately. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of questions still lingering. There's a lot we still don't know about what this movie's gonna be, but they did give us a little bit of something. Got a little bit of a tease of the Batcave and the Batmobile. Um, lots of stuff to pick apart there. But what did you think about that? That first look at the Flash.
2: The suit looks great. I really do love the look of of the suit that they chose here, man. It's so over the top I think than a lot of the flash suits that we've seen in live action um, in recent memory and even a lot of the uh, animated cartoons and stuff like this suit is like they really went different you know it's like lightning veins
0: <laughs> going
2: through the suit and it I actually love that um, I, I think they're killing it of course you know I feel some type of way about there being not one Ezra Miller's but two Ezra Miller's Uh <laughs> Uh, they heard you loud and clear. Let's just double down on Ezra Miller in this movie. Uh, Why not? It's ooh, it's gonna take me a lot to watch this movie, man. Uh but I'm there for the I flag. Can't wait. It's <laughs> man. I cannot wait to go to the movies <laughs> and see what I just cannot wait for your reaction afterwards. Man. Like we're gonna get double, maybe even triple the amount of Ezra Miller we thought we were gonna get. But it, the the Flash is also one of my favorite DC characters, and it's just it's driving me up a wall, man. It really is. Um, but I, I'll be there. Don't worry, I will be there. Um, a, another thing, I love I love Supergirls here, um, just because I think it adds another dimension to the film that we don't know about yet. You know, it's like, damn, but why is she there? Like, why is Supergirl there? Um, and I also another thing I remember seeing, of course, is uh him walking towards the house, man. Um, yeah. that is the indication that you know Flashpoint is coming. He's about to do something stupid. And change the DCEU forever, potentially, unless they like do reroute something. I don't know, whatever. But they, they, it, it looks like everything's about to change as we expected. And that was like the confirmation I kind of needed to know that Flashpoint was it, <laughs> like in this movie, even though we kind of already knew. Um, so I'm excited to see that. And I'm, if that is the 89 Batmobile under that goddamn tarp, that's gonna be pretty tight. Mm. That's gonna, that's mm. gonna go pretty hard, bro. Like, fans, i I'll, I'll probably yell in theater if that's the 89 Batmobile. Um, I mean, it has to be. That's why they be. teased it in the way they did it. it. Like, we know what's under there. I, <laughs> yeah. I really wish they just would have showed it. It's like, I we know it's
0: there. Just show it. Just show it to us. Let us see
2: it. It's a tease. It's a tease. Uh, but again, like you said, I think I like everything I'm seeing except for, you know, the main character. But, you know, look, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm really excited to watch it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Andy Muschietti coming in to direct this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm wildly excited about that. He's coming, you know, off of it. Chapter one and chapter two. Um, chapter one is amazing. Two, not so much. It's still okay, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is what it is. I mean, chapter two always had an uphill battle. It's the least interesting part of that story. But yeah. I'm, I'm still super excited about what he's gonna do with this, this slash movie. Um, albeit that the Ezra Miller of it all is, it's still. It's it's weird because I, <laughs> I I do I do I agree with you. It's I, my, my hate isn't as you know it's big, but I do agree. It's it's a miscast. Uh, yeah, and, and I'd be interested to see what direction they're going to take with the character. Maybe maybe these alternate versions can give us a more accurate take. I think hopefully, right?
2: I think when Wally pulls up, I'll be fine. I yeah. think <laughs> yeah. I think that'll change everything for do. me personally. Just pull up Wally, send Ezra away, and I'm good. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> they
1: could remedy it. With, with with that with that edition for sure we also got some behind the scenes featurettes and looks at aquaman and the lost kingdom and shazam fury of the gods um aquaman's coming out next december of 2022 shazam isn't coming out for damn near two years until june of 2023 but they wow. they have like pretty much finished filming on that movie aquaman is currently filming right now uh these are two sequels to um two popular dc films mm-hmm. i mean aquaman One is the highest-grossing DC film ever in history, which is crazy to think about. Um, Shazam was a very, very beloved and well-received movie, um, and it's found like new life even even as it's hit streaming and people have seen it at home. And so they're revisiting that universe and that lore. And obviously, we talked about the Black Adam connections, but just behind-the-scenes featurettes here, you know, nothing nothing all that substantial. But we did get a a look of of Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu and Shazam Fury the Gods. They're coming in as, as the villains of that film, which is going to be that's going to be really, really exciting. I mean, Helen Mirren, a legend, obviously Lucy Lou as well. So excited to see them have fun. Aquaman looks just bonkers and amazing and crazy. <laughs> James Wan. I mean, we know we know what he can do. We know what he's capable of. I'm just super excited to hear that this movie's going to be bigger and more crazy and more of a spectacle than even the first one, which is hard to imagine because they threw the fucking kitchen sink. at at everything in that first one but the second second one sounds like it's going to be incredible and we also got like a new updated suit from black manta which is by yaya abdul mateen which is a little bit more comics accurate i think yeah um to, to 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 what we've seen lately but i'm just yeah i'm excited about both of these projects you know didn't need to see much from them it just you know another way to just like reinforce like the fact that i'm i'm gonna be all
2: in when they come out yeah i'm excited to see this black suit i think in aquaman too um, and I like how it's you know James Wan is playing the development thing. Like you said, it looks more comic but accurate now uh, that the Black Manta suit. It's like, well, yeah, he's probably iterated or messed with it, you know, or tampered with it a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think bro, you know how we feel about the first Aquaman. It's like the most beautiful superhero film we've ever seen. It's like accurate, absolutely. Um, and I and, and you know James Wan man, he's just gonna always. He's always gonna give you something wild and bonkers, even if you don't like it. It's gonna it's gonna be something different that you've never seen before, and so just that alone, I'm really excited. And a lot of the returning cast I have to be excited for that too, just because you know we like that first film so much. So I think that's dope, man. And then, man, Shazam! Ah, uh, it's crazy actually how much they showed us for it not to be coming out until July. I'm like, yeah. So y'all niggas is almost done. Like that's what it felt like <laughs> when they were showing us. I'm like. Dang, that's far away. They're pretty um, much
1: done. Yeah. yeah, they're
2: pretty much done. But I think it's the Black Adam of it all. You know, I think they just want to separate them the way that they need to separate them. Um, and, bro, Helen Mirren and freaking Lucy Liu. What? Let's I, do it. Let's do it. That is crazy. Um, I think it's going to be, I like, bruh, the, you say I command one was great. Shazam one was great. I think they're going to really even up the ante even more with these two films. Um, and I'm excited.
1: Yeah, loads of potential. So 2022 for DC movies, they've already announced 2023 is, you know, kicking off with Shazam of the Gods as of now, but there's some other movies that don't have release dates as of now but they are moving forward. We've talked about these on the show before, so these weren't surprises but we did hear about them. We heard about both Batgirl and Blue Beetle. These movies are in some phase of production, mostly pre-production at this point. They actually haven't started filming. We know the wonderful and talented Leslie Grace, who just, you know, is fresh off the heels of In the Heights, will be playing Batgirl in this upcoming movie that will be debuting on hbo max exclusively as well as blue beetle as well will also be debuting on hbo max um and we we got concept art for both of these movies again they 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 haven't officially started shooting shooting but we got we got some artistic concept art for these movies um so not much to to really add or say here but Mm -hmm. you know they are moving forward which is a good sign it's good to see that they're actually going to happen um the hbo max of it is still the interesting part of it all it's still going to be I'm um, still curious to see how that's going to work out right. uh, and we we do know I think I think I think Bad Girls probably a little bit further along because J.K. Simmons mm-hmm. is in that movie he will be playing Commissioner Gordon yeah. which is her father of course um, they actually they also just casted another uh, actor who was in Bad Boys for Life because those same directors are on in an undisclosed role so we don't know who he's going to be playing but yeah I mean nonetheless like i'm just glad to hear that they're moving forward i'm glad i'm glad that they're happening um we have to sort of reserve judgment until we see more but two projects and two characters that that that, that i've always wanted to see live action interpretations of uh, we've gotten bad girl kind of but a soul dead solely dedicated film on bad girl is going to be really cool to see as well as blue beetle of course like a beast in the comics for sure and i think it deserves some sort of attention for for a long time now so i'm looking forward to them.
2: yeah it was cool to see again this is another one of the small panels they had right between these uh these two where leslie grace actually you know was doing a little interview you can see in the background she was already immersing herself in batgirl shit <laughs> um and i thought that was already a good sign like good job on her part um and i'm glad to see how excited the writers are too a lot of times we watch movies not they're like pretentious but like sometimes you can tell they're holding back their excitement It something i love about matt reeves too when matt reeves starts talking about the batman like you can see him get like really amped up about it um, and the writers uh, for both, again, Batwoman and, and uh, Blue Beetle were doing the exact same. They were like, yes, we're going to do this and that. And that's the sh- kind of shit I want to see out of some people who are about to make some DC movies. Like, yes, be engulfed in the story. These are people who probably already read all the comics possible for these characters. Um, and even for them to say she will have a cow, like Batwoman or Batgirl will have a cow. It's like, yep, y'all know what y'all doing. Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, I think they're in good hands.
1: Certainly, certainly. Can't wait for those to come out. Um, on the TV side of things, and this is, you know, just you know, as a sort of a disclaimer, this is minus the the CW TV shows, but like on the more HBO Max um side of things, we got a new trailer for Peacemaker, which we know is coming in this January, starring John Cena, and that's from James Gunn. We also got a Big fucking surprise from Young Justice Phantoms. They dropped the first two episodes on HBO Max without without any fanfare. They just dropped them, and we know that Season 4 has now premiered, and they're going to drop episodes every Thursday. Aquaman King of Atlantis, they also previewed. That's available now on HBO Max, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they also just renewed officially Doom Patrol and Titans for Season mm-hmm. 4, um, respectively, for each of those shows. Those both are actually airing right now on HBO Max. Yep. And they did a slight preview for Batman Caped Crusader, which we know is the new Batman animated series is going to be coming from J.J. Abrams and Bruce Timm um, for HBO Max, and they talked a little bit about that show as well. So, um, what in particular sticks out for you here? We 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 got a full length trailer for the Peacemaker, um, some other announcements, and then you know, sort of some some first previews and first looks, and then you know, Young Justice dropping actual episodes out here. But what stands out in particular for you from the TV side of
2: things? I've already watched the first episode of Aquaman King of Atlantis um and i I can get a quick review on that uh it is fun it is not nothing that you think you're about to watch it is uh it's a very high it's funny because it's high paced but it's still 45 minutes It's going to be three episodes aquaman came atlantis this first episode was 45 minutes um and it kind of the the animation style really does feel like something you'd watch on adult swim um but the the feel is kind of adventure time-ish in terms of the comedy it's not all the way childish but it's not an adult cartoon either it's kind of right in the middle um but kids can still enjoy it with you so it's cool man you know it's, it's really interesting um and I, I i tell people to try it out to see if you like it um before the other two episodes come out and then as far i've already watched the two first episodes of young justice phantoms too i couldn't help it i was like nope oh yeah i I have to go watch young justice i can't do it too and they started with some crazy shit already like i can't believe this is what's happening <laughs> i'm like so this is this is how we're starting it's like so dark how do we
1: know how many episodes are supposed to be in this new season because they, they i mean they've already dropped two I, I watched the first one too and like you mentioned they, they started off with a bang like mm-hmm. automatically uh clearly tying into i think the, the larger storyline i'm wondering how many i think previous seasons had like 18 episodes or something like that so yeah. i feel like it's
2: gonna be on for a while at least and season three was like 26 episodes but like season one and two were was shorter um, yeah, I think. yeah but it, you it know, might be it's i think it's all for them because they always been a streaming service first cartoon I really think it's like they've just gone off creative decision so it could mm. damn well be 26 again or it could be closer to like an 18. I think it really just depends on how they feel about how long it takes them to tell the story um but like you said them already releasing two episodes. Shoot, it it they, it might damn well be twenty six episodes. They probably the got season. a lot
1: done already, and they yeah, yeah I I think then they split they split up the season last time. For up, season three, it was like half thirteen and thirteen. Yeah, and last time. Got you. So um, I could see them doing that again too.
2: I could definitely see them doing it again. Um, because again, like there's already so much happening that like it's yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but if you haven't. Y'all need to go watch Young Justice ASAP. It's on Ace. HBO Max now. There's no excuse. No more DC Universe. Favorite. <laughs> just go watch it. It is, again, one of my favorite animated series of all time. That's how good it is. Um, you don't even have to like cartoons. That's how mature it is um, that I really recommend it for people. So that's dope, too. The one other thing uh, I will see uh, stands out for me, of course, is the Peacemaker trailer. Just because it, it, it gave me uh, more, uh, a better look at it, right? Um, You know, it... It's not what I thought it was gonna be. I didn't know what I thought it was gonna be. You know, I mm, had I had no yeah. clue. Like I had a, a little bit of a sense, but that definitely the first look at Peacemaker was helpful for me to understand what I'll be getting out of that TV show. And I think we're gonna laugh a lot. Uh, and I, I think there's gonna be a, way more laughs in that TV show. Cause I I could tell how much fun they were having on set, talking about who was doing what on set and this and that. And yeah, so I think it, I think Peacemaker is gonna be even more of a good time than I expected before. Um, so yeah, man, uh, Titans and Do Patrol. Still working on those. I'm on. I, I am on Titan season three, but I'm behind, so not much to say about that. So yeah, man. Of course, we, Cape Crusader too. It's it's going to be great. I, I don't have much to say about it yet. They didn't show us too much, but I just know it's going to be great. So
1: yeah, we've already talked about Cape Crusader as well on the show when they announced it. But uh, yeah, I agree. The Peacemaker trailer. It just looked. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a fun mm-hmm. show. Like more than I thought. Um, I think it's going to be. It, it'll be interesting to see how we have to figure out a way, I guess, to like the character Peacemaker because he was. Mm -hmm. pretty despicable in the suicide squad um i don't think you if you watch that movie i don't think you'll walk away liking that character so it'll be interesting to see how they play with that 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 tone and that style and maybe Mm -hmm. maybe flip that on its head and also have like peacemaker work with other characters in this show um the james Gunn is pulling over like some of some of the supporting characters from that from that suicide squad movie but uh i'm absolutely looking forward to it uh they also like showed us vigilante who's going to be in the show um who's being played by freddie stroma so gonna be some interesting stuff there's also going to be some some Titans to like peacemakers like backstory like his relationship with his father and how that influenced his actions and who he became so Mm -hmm. definitely definitely can't wait on that that'll be coming out january 13th of 2022 um and all the other stuff man you said i I pretty much agree with i'm I'm, i have to work on titans as well doom patrol i've seen the first uh two seasons i have to catch up with season three which is currently airing right now um but i i like that they're leaning into hbo max more um I, i will say I will say that I wish, th- I feel like that this was a great opportunity, and I talked about this when we were sort of like teeing up DC fandom. I feel like this would have been a great opportunity to to give us a surprise of something like an, an announcement, like an official confirmation of something, because we've we've heard the 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 reports about a Green Lantern show. Yeah, we've that's heard. What the I was reports looking for about a yeah. Mm-hmm. We've heard about the reports about a Superman limited series for HBO Max, or even mm-hmm. the Matt Reeves projects. Like, I know that these things aren't probably far along. They're probably in very very early stages of pre production. But why not put your stake in the ground? Like, this yeah. is your streaming service. This is where DC lives now, mm-hmm. essentially. So. Put your stakes in the ground and really say, like, yeah, this is the home of DC. If you want anything DC, you have to come to HBO Max. Yeah. And look, 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 look at what we have coming for 2023 and beyond. And and give us, give us rough estimates. You know, mm-hmm. fall 2023. Uh, I mean, maybe they haven't figured that stuff out, but I think, I think it just sort of goes back to the problems that we've talked about on the show. It just seems like the HBO Max of it all, as it relates to DC, seems a little disconnected. It yeah. doesn't seem like these two. These two entities are necessarily talking to each other, Um, and I'm sure there's there's different expectations on both sides, and there's obviously a transitioning happening from AT and T to to Discovery. So there's probably bigger forces at play than we're giving credit for. All that said, still would have been nice to get some surprises here. I think this would have been a a great chance to really break the internet and get people talking. Like, oh my god, Green Lantern is happening because most people don't know that. Like. If you're a film pundit, if you follow this stuff, if you have a podcast or you do like movie, movie stuff on YouTube, like you know this stuff, you follow the yeah. trades. But mm-hmm. I don't think the general audience knows that there's a Greenlander show in development or mm-hmm. that there's a Superman show in development for HBO Max. Would have been nice to get an announcement or so, you know, or, or two. So that's my only thing about that. But um, on the other hand, with the video game side of things, this is, I know we both have gripes with this um, because they, they, they specifically, you know, spotlighted two video games, um, both of which we knew were coming Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad. Kill the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, both of these games are coming next year. Um, Rocksteady is developing Suicide Squad. And Gotham Knights is developed by... can't remember who develops Gotham Knights. Um, but it's not Rocksteady. So, I think this is going to be outside of the official sort of Arkham-verse that's been created by Rocksteady with the Batman mm-hmm. um, Arkham series. But these games are coming next year. And we got two cinematic trailers. No gameplay from either, but two cinematic trailers. Suicide Squad, Killed the Justice League... I give it a little bit more leeway to that one just because I know it's rock steady and I know the quality of what they can produce and this 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 cinematic trailer was a lot more I mean we we yeah. got some looks at justice league characters we saw some more superman and we saw green lantern and flash and we see sort of the banter and the interplay between the the main characters from the suicide squad Harley and King Shark and Deadshot uh, Gotham Knights I mean I just feel like there's no excuse anymore at this point. Like, <laughs> why are we not? They've showed us gameplay. We have we have seen gameplay. Yeah, exactly. But damn, can we get an actual release date? Like, 2022 yeah. is 365 days, 12 months, bro. Like, mm-hmm. when is this game coming out? You know, because exactly. we've been talking about it for, for a while now, at least a year, year and a half. And so I was just expecting a little bit more out of the video game side of things. Kind of let down the fact that we just saw, you know two cinematic trailers it's like okay you know Mm -hmm. it's still on my radar of course but this doesn't this doesn't really do anything for me it doesn't amp up my excitement because I don't I don't know when these games are coming out and I really haven't seen all that much in terms of how they play and what the what the real story is going to be so I just wish we would have gotten
2: more yeah man Gotham Knights uh man of course my first gripe when I first seen the 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 trailer for the game was how do you have four characters in the game and it's not four player co-op it's only two-player co-op. I'm like, okay, I guess. And then they push the game back. And you're like, oh, maybe, I don't know, they've seen Desmond mad on Twitter. And they're like, man, maybe we should make this four players because there's this perfectly four characters in the game. And we don't get any information <laughs> in DC Fandom except the Court of Owls is here. Which is fine. Like, that's the villain of the game. I'm okay with that. Quarter is like actually low key pretty cool. Um, they're like a, a newer villain. They're only like 10 years old versus all the other villains we deal with in DC are like 30 and 40 years old. And, you know, I, I was just hoping for more. And this is where I get mad again that there's no con, right? Because why isn't there any gameplay of a game mm-hmm. we've seen gameplay for a year ago? it actually mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. Are were they running out of time? Like is it just too I, I just need explanations because there's just that's all. They just showed, "Hey, the courthouse is here," and then they dipped, and that was all of that. Suicide Squad. It's time to. It's time for gameplay. I mean, last year we got this crazy cinematic look at the game, and still no gameplay. Like you said, we, yeah. we we seen a lot of the cinematic shorts that are going to happen in the game. That's cool. I love the dynamic between the characters that we got. Shout out for them having my boy Boomy in the thing. Captain Boomerang is here. I'm just so happy he's in the game because he was like underrated. <laughs> uh, but it's like, dude, where is the gameplay? These these games are supposed to be coming, around, coming out around the corner. What are you saving it for? E3's not here. E3's gone. Like E3 is ca- coming on. Ca- mm-hmm. what, are, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure it out um so yeah uh i i just don't know what i will say part of me is starting to think that marvel's guardians of the galaxy went with single player because suicide squad occupies that same space of a four-player co-op game and they didn't mm. want to compete with that that's like my new philosophy slash thing that i came up with in my head that it's happening it could i could be wrong about that but it's weird that like these two which were probably similar games of misfits you know tag team yeah. would be coming around around the same time and you know marvel slash you know I, I feel like they heard that and and just made something different out of it um and that's why we're getting the guardians game that we're getting uh but yeah uh, it, it's just not enough to really talk about which is the disappointing part
1: yeah, yeah, definitely a missed opportunity, it's, but these are the two big games that you have, you know, sort of on hand, ready to go, apparently next year. It's it's October now, you know, so this this only, for me, it kind of points science to the fact that we, at the earliest, I don't think we'll get either of these games until next fall or winter, really, if we're being honest about it. Because, like, I just feel like the lead-in would be a, a, a lot larger. Maybe the Gotham Knights game can come out sooner, because we yeah. have seen gameplay. That could mm-hmm. maybe even come out in the summertime. Um, I guess it just all depends it all depends on the studios and and the development process and where they are in the production of it but it was disappointing to see how little we saw especially after we heard about these games last year and so here we are over a year later and there's not really much new it's almost a backward step but we also got some other big announcements from DC fandom specifically from Milestone Comics they they rolled out a bunch of really really cool stuff Um, we've already talked about the live action film from Static Shock that's going to be coming that's going to be produced by Michael B. Jordan Um, they officially confirmed that we saw the report that came out some months ago we knew that it was happening but they officially confirmed it in this panel that they did they also announced that they're going to be doing a milestone animated film of the various characters from milestone media which is really really cool they're working with warner brothers to develop that movie i can't remember if they said it's going to be a theatrical movie or hbo max i hope they ever confirmed yeah i don't think they confirmed it but man if they if they if they just went all in the theatrical into the spider-verse style let's go for it I mean come on it's uh, right there whoo, I'm there now <laughs> the, bro the opportunity is right there so they they officially confirmed that that's happening um they also talked about the milestone initiative which is a new a new talent initiative it's almost like a talent development pro- program mm-hmm. to um, I identify and highlight um, uh, new Black creators um, and the next generation of of diverse Black content creators, and so they're giving an opportunity um, to, to to Black content creators to apply to this milestone initiative um, program that they're that they're creating to to work with them to develop to develop content, all all, all the things they're developing, um, whether it's the animated stuff or the comic books specifically, of course. Um, so it just seems like a great time, you know, for Milestone Media in particular. Like they're really they're really doing some really cool stuff. I'm glad that they included this into the the whole you know sort of um yeah. lineup of dc things and like mm-hmm. it actually got they got a substantial amount of time you know to talk about these new projects and confirm some things and you know present us with some surprises so i just feel like the next you know three to four years for milestone is going to be really 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 crucial and also really exciting for them as a, as a company as they as they start to get some of this stuff out the door
2: milestone is entering a renaissance and uh it, it's more important than i think people realize at the moment um, and, you know, static is at the helm, right? Like, static is gonna drive a lot of people's interests. Okay. What is milestone comics? What is milestone media? What's going on here? And they'll start to learn about Icon and Rocket and Blood Syndicate, who they confirmed they're bringing back to the comic world. Y'all send yep. Blood Syndicate. So, oh my God. I wish more people, y'all just go Google Blood Syndicate. And just just look at the pictures. It, it's like the blackest comic books you can get. Like it is. It is <laughs> I'm just I was this is my other favorite part of the show, if you couldn't tell. But it was it was just really great to see, man. Milestone's been like really dope. They're literally they were here to make black comics like that is what they were. That is their drive. That is like their mission. That is what they wanted to do. Um, And, you know, this is like the, the revitalization of that um under the D.C. umbrella. And I was just really excited to see it, man. Um, sign up for the milestone initiative if you're an artist or a writer who is into comic books. I mean, they'll put you probably in so many different positions uh, to be successful with that initiative. Um, I really do think they're doing something different there that a lot of other people don't do. There's no DC Comics initiative for black people, you know. this like milestones, like you black, come write and draw with us, like because we're we're making stuff for us and by us. So I thought that was really important, man. So shout out to milestone do your research on milestone comics y'all y'all gonna want to know a lot of these characters coming up again start with static icon rocket and blood syndicate and i promise you won't be let down
1: it's a it's a whole world really that they've developed over there so it's really exciting to see what the future may hold for them um speaking of black creators though ava duvernay is working very much with DC. She has two projects that will be coming out really soon here. Um, unfortunately, we won't see new guides from from Ava, but she is developing two series for DC. One is going to be for the CW for Naomi, uh, which we actually got a, a, a first look at a scene from that series that's going to be coming to the CW. And then we also got some first look uh, photos from the live action DMZ show, which is going to be starring Rosario Dawson. And that's going to be a limited series on HBO Max, if I'm not mistaken. Um, taking here we are Ava DuVernay working with them again taking two 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 black characters you know mm-hmm. giving them a spotlight Naomi um obviously not one of the more well-known characters in the DC sort of like comics universe but getting getting her own show on the CW which is going to be really cool and then Rosario Dawson coming in I mean she just can I, she can't do any wrong at this point she's she has to be the coolest like the <laughs> coolest actress on earth like yeah. from Everything she does, whether it's like being in Clerks or being in Daredevil or ending up, you know, as Ahsoka in the fucking Mandalorian and now getting her own spinoff. I mean, one, she stays busy and booked, but also she just plays the coolest characters and and, and is really tapping tapping into this, you know, this really genre heavy stuff. And I really enjoy that from her. But Ava, you know, having this stuff coming out with 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 partnership in D.C. is really cool to see.
2: Yeah, man, I, I I know little about DMZ, but the fact that they're even adapting this is crazy, um, and I think it does come after them developing Why the Last Man. I think that's like the same writer. I don't know. They they're yeah, they're, they're connected. So. They're connected somehow. I don't I, uh, behind the scenes. I just don't, I just don't remember how. Um, but I am excited for Naomi. Uh, that first look. It just it seems a little under budget, but sometimes you got to start somewhere, you know, and I'm like, but y'all got the money, you know, Uh, but Naomi is so cool. Um, And although she does exist in like an alternate DC kind of multiverse thing, I think they can adapt her for the universe that we know in love. Um, And she can be a beloved character there because it really, she got some weird shit going on in the best way possible. Uh, And there's, there's a chance there to tell a story. And again, not only about a black girl, but about um, um, the world falling apart, global warming, you know, Uh, and I, I, She's cool. So, yeah. Uh, shout out to Ava DeVerner for even picking this stuff up. And like you said, Rosario Dawson, she's just done it all at this point. Like... All the stuff you already said and then like rent and seven pounds. And it's like, dude, none, of, <laughs> none of these things go together. You know, it's like, nah. <laughs> none
0: of these things go she together. She works, man. Yeah, she, she works, works.
2: And she just out here. She really does. Um, And yeah, just somebody who grew up with her. I'm just proud of her for being able to, to pick up all these different roles. Because some people stay in their lane. And Rosario is like, I am in all the lanes. And I appreciate that from her.
1: She was just in AEW, like, two weeks ago. Like, fucking
2: AEW, like,
1: getting active with wrestlers. Like, I'm like... What does she not like? I mean, that has to be the dream girl for a nerd. Like we yeah, just gotta be honest about it. Like mm-hmm. she's into Star Wars, she's into Marvel, she's into wrestling. It's like, wow, you're checking all these boxes. She did it. Um, yeah, so I can't I can't wait to see her in DMZ. Definitely gonna watch. Um, and then we also got a few other quick announcements just to mention uh the Pennyworth series, which has long been on Epics. I think they had the first two series or first two seasons mm-hmm. on Epics. Um, this is a prequel series about a young Alfred Pennyworth that's officially moving to HBO Max. Uh smart move. Harley Quinn, we got a quick teaser for that. Uh, she joked about how long it takes animation you know, and how long it takes to make animation. That's why we haven't gotten season three, but that'll soon be coming. Um, Harley Quinn, if you haven't checked it out, we've talked about that on the show watch before. Watch uh, now. A must watch. Just such great stuff. And then uh, DC League of Super Pets, which is a uh, another DC movie coming out um, that they're putting money behind and actually <laughs> making, and it's a real project. Uh, we, we learned that Again, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart are going to be working together again in another movie as 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 voiceovers um, for this for this animated film that's going to be coming out, I believe, next year. So those are just a few other quick announcements. Any any thoughts on on those you know quick tidbits from DC fandom?
2: Uh, yeah, bro, that DC League of Super Pets is low key loaded. I mean, it's like Keanu Reeves, John Krasinski. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous the okay. cast <laughs> that they put in that movie, bro. I think Kevin Conroy is in that movie too. It, wow! i'm telling you the movie is loaded bro and it's like we know it's going to be a kitty movie but like i'm over here looking yeah, at it surprises. like i'm over here looking at it like hmm what if it's uh similar to like lego batman you know where it's just like oh that's how y'all coming um yeah. so I, I i really hope that's a thing of course the rock and kevin Hart already have like chemistry so i do think there's, there's definitely going to be some laughs in there but um it, it might be a sleeper who knows um but yeah man no no really other thoughts from dc fandom uh just Get back to the
1: cons. <laughs> they really should, man. I think they should. I think hopefully they learn some lessons from this year. Uh, again, I, I liked last year's format better, even though it was a longer day. Um, I do like that they dedicated more time for people to speak and have time to talk mm-hmm. and, and really elaborate on these different projects. So I, I agree. Hopefully we can get back to the cons and, and do 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 a celebration that, that, that brings together the best of both worlds. Like have some sort of virtual event still, which is nice to do some rollouts and, and announcements, but also like people go to these things and they want to see these people in person and hear them talk about these projects so hopefully they do so those are all of our thoughts on dc fandom and everything that we found out all the stuff from the movies to the tvs to the video games to the other announcements comic books everything that they have going on over at the world of dc if you've checked out anything from dc fandom including the batman trailer or the first look at black adam definitely hit us up and let us know what you think let's go ahead and transition and talk about reviews of things that we've seen lately first up we got to talk about the latest entry into one of the longest running horror franchises in Hollywood, Halloween Kills.
0: grandmother was right the boogeyman was real it's over we can't hurt anyone ever again
2: no one told you
0: told me what somebody in there Michael Myers is alive stop you had a knife in your stomach you and Allison should not have to keep running. Evil dies tonight.
2: I'm not just gonna sit and watch another innocent person die.
0: If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. What do we do? We fight. Let's hunt him down. Michael Myers is flesh and blood. But a man couldn't have survived that fire. The more he kills, the more he transcends. Run! Go home now! He's the essence of evil. for you michael
1: now this franchise this film excuse me is directed by david gordon green and it's written by scott teams danny mcbride and david gordon green himself and it's starring jamie lee curtis judy greer annie matichak will Patton, thomas mann and anthony michael hall so halloween kills is the second film in this newly established trilogy for the Halloween franchise. We know that Halloween Halloween from 2018 was a direct continuation of the original 1978 movie. It ignored all of the subsequent sequels, mm-hmm. and it picks up 40 years later after the events of the 1978 film. That film came out, was a massive, massive success. The, ho- the highest grossing halloween film of all time they immediately greenlit two more sequels and so we have halloween kills that just dropped in theaters and on peacock and now we also have halloween ends which is going to be coming out next october to quote unquote conclude this new trilogy so theoretically that will be the end of this particular story but this is this is the second chapter of a, of a three-part story um a movie that we've been long anticipating it was supposed to come out a year ago was delayed of course like everything else due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but it finally arrived. It's out on streaming and in theaters.
2: With all of that said, man, what'd you think about Halloween Kills? Hey, this man, Mike Myers, was catching bodies.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I wish like I started counting at the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. This has to be the highest blood count in any Halloween film we've ever seen, and without question that is that itself is my favorite part of the movie how many bodies he caught okay uh so Halloween kills man uh in 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 one sentence is it's a fun movie but not a good movie um I really do think it's fun to watch there are things about it the again I just kind of just said it the kills are interesting um they they kind of uh retracted what they did in Halloween 2018, in terms of being a deeper story, which I don't mind, because the best Halloween film, 1978, it was just Michael Myers killing people, let's be real, I mean, it was Halloween, Michael Myers just pulled up and killed people, uh, and in Halloween 2, they kind of tried to, you know, add some story to it, Laurie is his sister, you know, things like that, but here we are, I think, and they kind of tried to dial that back again, in, in one way, but also add story in a different kind of layer uh which i liked, but it didn't work out if that makes sense um and what they tried to do in this movie was they tried to create pandemonium within a town uh because of the threat that is michael myers i thought that i thought that's an interesting idea in my mind i was like huh okay that makes sense but it was just a little too much for me i think it was the pandemonium was even like it got messy in the movie, and there was too much going on, and it, it, it really created kind of a mess of a movie, um, and yeah, and a lot of that just didn't work for me. I got that. I love the idea. It's just the execution wasn't there. Uh, what I also like about this movie is how realistic Lori's setback was, right? In, in Halloween 2018, end of the movie, she's hurt. This entire movie, she's kind of out of it because she's hurt. That's realism mm-hmm. for me, and I like that part of it as well um and it 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 does make for a different kind of film to where you're not following laurie all over the place even though in some ways there is still part of the story is still about her uh but um yeah man it it like i've already said it like i really don't have too too much to say but it it really is a movie that i think people will still have fun watching even though it's, at the end of the day it's not a good movie i don't think uh but it is i think important um to also realize this is a three-part series so i think i think when we watch all of them together we it'll feel not necessarily better but you're like oh okay that was cool and then you pop in three and maybe three rectifies kind of the the things that were missing from two for me um which i don't even know what was missing from the like in terms of it just didn't feel you know sometimes you watch a movie and the story's like what or like huh and and that's kind of what was missing for me it just all wasn't together how I expected it to be because Halloween 2018 felt together. And I think more so, even though they added story elements to that Halloween, it, it just felt like a complete movie. And this movie is simply not complete. Um, and that's the nature of the story of the film. It's not supposed to be complete because it's a three part series. This is definitely a bridge movie and it feels like a bridge movie. Um, and that's what we got. But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll leave it there, man. Uh, again, a fun watch, but um, we'll, we'll see what it means in the grand scheme of things when Halloween ends, comes out. Um, I, I really do have a feeling that it it won't feel as I don't know, bridgy, or you know, or uh, <laughs> uh, uh, as I think it does. It really just felt like I was there. Um, but yeah, the kills are great. <laughs> the kills are great.
1: <laughs> well, I think you answered it, man. I think the thing that's missing from this movie is a story. It's not about anything. Yeah. It's really not. It's I mean, it's kind of about. Haddonfield as a town mm-hmm. rising up and actually trying to rebel against Michael Myers. They are tired They're of pissed. living with the with the with the with the shadow and the cloud and the fear of Michael Myers in the town. Mm-hmm. And they wanna they want to revolt and rise up against them. And okay, that's the premise, sure, but it's really not about anything. We just see them go crazy yep. for the, for most of the movie and try to take them out. And 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 ultimately for me, I think what happened. It's such a weird experience because I feel so weird about the movie. I agree essentially with everything you said. Like it's it it is a bad movie. It's not it's (laughs) not good. Right. But I can't deny that it's also still fun. Fun. Right? And, And I had a good time watching it. And I think a lot of my enjoyment that came from this movie is probably due to the fact that my my expectations for it were were adjusted accordingly. Mm-hmm. I think that they were right on par. Like sometimes I go into a movie, my expectations are too high, you know, mm-hmm. and I come out disappointed. Like I don't know, the Green Knight. I was so so ready for that movie, and I, I left a little bit disappointed. Yeah. Or sometimes they're super low, and then I'm, I'm I end up like very much surprised. Like Free Guy, for example. Mm-hmm. Like I I truly didn't expect much from that movie, and it just wowed me.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. This one, I'm like. I feel like I know exactly what I'm gonna get. It's gonna be <laughs> trash. He's gonna kill a lot, and that is okay. And it's also to your point. It's a bridge movie, so coming into it, I'm like, this is the Lord of the Rings effect. Like you go into the two hours, just the, t- the two towers. There's not an ending. You walk away, yeah. and they're just they're still walking towards Motor, you yep. know, and the the Mountain of Doom. And it's like no. that's it. There's no what like, and we have to wait a year for the next one. Yeah, that's kind of what you sign up for with mm-hmm. these sequels. So I I just walked out like knowing exactly what I was gonna get. I mean. I think Michael Myers took a look at John Wick and said, uh, no, 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 you're not the boogie boogeyman. You're not Baba Yaga. That's me. I'm the original mm-hmm. boogeyman. I'm, I'm reclaiming that title. <laughs> and he went on a fucking murdering spree yep. and just eliminated so many people in this movie. It definitely was the highest body count. I, I don't even have a stat to verify that, but I just know it. it has I just to know be. it off the top of my head. What's funny is that the amount of kills that John Wick had in Chapter 2, he's already surpassed the amount of kills that Freddy, Jason, or Michael Myers have ever had in their entire franchises which you know all of those movies consist of or those franchises consist of like 12 movies mm-hmm. and the kill count in john wick <laughs> chapter two alone surpassed that so i'm like they got some catching up to do yeah. they already know that they're way behind mm-hmm. uh this action star but you know with, with all of that said man i mean listen it the, the movie doesn't make much sense like all these people i mean what are they really going to do against michael myers like why i i when you see when you see a fucking man walking out of a burning house, why are you really? Wh- what are, what are you trying to do here? Why are you trying to confront hey. this person? What? Why are you still there? Like th- uh, you have to know that something's wrong there. Wh- what are we doing?
2: There's nothing to talk about. Get in the fucking fire truck and drive away.
0: Like, there's no
2: conversation to be had. I have to talk about this, bro. This is a mild spoiler. This nigga Mike Myers comes out the house, <laughs> and the firefighter says, "I'm gonna spray this nigga with the water hose." And that is just the most ridiculous shit I have ever seen. Um, I don't know if he thought we was in the 1960s and that Mike Myers was a black man and thought the water hose was going to do something. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I, was just, I was just really confused on the first five seconds, if the water hose ain't doing nothing to him, you, you just thought, I don't know, whatever. I had to put that out there. It just didn't make any sense. I was like, okay, that's what firefighters are stupid.
1: Simple as that. Yeah. It it's some um, it, it was some truly idiotic people uh, in Haddonfield this time around. I I, I don't know what they're trying. To, I don't know if they're trying to shade small towns <laughs> in Middle America. Like, are we trying to speak on the intelligence of people oh, in, in these? Like, what are they doing here? Because I I just don't get the logic. Like. If that shit happened in New York or LA, niggas are not fucking with it at all. Oh, we are no. not. No, nope. no, no way. We're bunkering down. We're avoiding all that. We're ignoring that. We're minding our business. <laughs> but they decide, like, yes, let's let's have this pack mentality. Let's have this hive mind and mm-hmm. go attack Michael Myers. And of course, everybody perishes. Like spoiler. <laughs> if you didn't know, but please, come on. It's it's a slasher movie, y'all. Y'all know yeah. what, you know what to expect. But I mean, listen. Uh, this this is the definition of it is what it is. Like, I think you this is this is a Halloween movie. Most of these movies are not good. Like, come on, let's just be real about that. Like, you have the original that's good. The yep. one they did in 2018, I really, I, I, I grew to like that one a lot. I liked, yep. I liked returning to that world and getting updates about Lori Strode and her mentality. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Jamie Lee Curtis is still great here, even though she was sidelined, which mm-hmm. I think was a necessary step to your point. There's realism there. And also, we know in Halloween ends, like, you have to, you have to conclude this story with those two, exactly. you know. So in order to in order to really build to that to make it meaningful is as much as it can be, you got to take her off the off the table for a little bit. And, uh, Anthony Michael Hall, he was kind of the lead here. He was playing Tommy Doyle, which was a character in the first movie. That mm-hmm. was one of the the young kids that Lori stroll was babysitting. Um, he's sort of leading the charge to take down Michael Myers. Um, I thought he did a pretty good job. They had some other people come back. Um, the, the the Kyle Richards who played Lindsay in the original movie as mm-hmm. well, young 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 Lindsay. Um, she comes back, and they also had the nurse who was with Doctor Loomis at the beginning of the movie when when Michael escaped the the insane asylum. She came back, so yeah. it was oh, nice Easter to see eggs. some people come around. Yeah. yeah, nice stuff. You know, really really helping elevate this this world and this in this and this, this 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 mythology of Halloween. Um, I will say though, the one thing I really did not like about this movie was the whole again mild spoiler but there's a there's a whole storyline about a policeman and the flashbacks that they did will patton's character the policeman Mm -hmm. here and the Mm -hmm. flashbacks that they did to connect his character to michael myers i just why are we i don't know why we're doing that i don't know why we're again i think that they were like really trying to scrape for story trying Mm -hmm. to scrape for stuff to like make meaningful and it's just like come on now and Mm -hmm. they you know i like the way that looked.
2: i like the way it looks it it look great. yeah it was it, it was faithful to the look of yeah. the original
1: like it very much looked like
2: super dark Carpenter. exactly yeah
1: shot that himself mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it, it was accurate it, it just the 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 inclusion of it as a, as a story beat just didn't really work for me so i didn't really like that um but listen you know again it is a bridge movie the ending it is what it is because we know another one's coming so i'm like okay whatever you know i i i'll lastly what i'll say is that i think I really do believe this, and I know not everybody is comfortable with doing it, and obviously the convenience of Peacock is there, but I really do believe if you saw this in theaters, I really think you would enjoy it more, because the opportunity to see it with other people and laugh at the shit that's funny, like, listen, the, the clip is floating around Twitter, but a person shoots themselves because Michael kicks a fucking police door, you know, at them, and so seeing that with a group full of people in a the movie theater is gonna be hilarious. it's mm-hmm. gonna be funny as hell like yeah. seeing it at home you're like that's really dumb but you know I think I think seeing it with other people and just like having a good time and letting mm-hmm. yourself go to the movie is gonna be fine like is it good no it's 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 a pretty bad movie but you can still have fun with this like we know what it is it's a, it's a genre slasher movie it's not trying to necessarily be anything else than than, than what it sets out sets out to be and you know hopefully at, at the conclusion of this you know to what you said earlier I, I just hope that, having these three movies if we were to watch them back to back to back mm-hmm. i just hope that they work as a cohesive story that's really all i can ask for so we'll, we'll see what happens when halloween ends comes out next
2: year that's all that's all i'm waiting on yeah man agreed i just hope there are just as many bodies are being taken <laughs> because that was crazy you know uh I, wow yeah i hope so we'll see Oh, hopefully it goes out with
1: a bang for sure we will see but those are our thoughts on halloween kills if you've checked out the latest slasher movie featuring michael myers definitely hit us up let's know what you think about it. let's go ahead and transition to our next film that we have to talk about the latest effort from ridley scott's the last duel
0: there is only one question that matters do you swear on your life that what you say is true. My father told me my life would be blessed with good fortune. I'm married. I was a good wife. and then was judged and shamed by my country. I say before all of you, I spoke the truth. A most unspeakable charge has been brought against you. Jacques Legree entered our home. He attacked me. The accusation is false. I am telling the truth. The truth does not matter. There is only the power of men. This should be settled quietly. I'm innocent! I request a duel to the death. If you lose, your wife will suffer dire consequences. One of us has lied. Let us let God decide. You do not believe me. I am risking my life for you. You are risking my life so you can save your pride. The penalty for bearing false witness is that you are to be burned. Alive. I will not be silent.
1: Now, as I mentioned, this movie is directed by Ridley Scott, and it's written by Nicole Hollifcenter, Ben Affleck, and Matt Damon, and it's starring Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Jodie Comer, and Ben Affleck. So, this is the first of two movies that Ridley Scott has coming out this year. He also has House of Gucci coming out in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, this is his first effort. This is leaning into the medieval drama um, sort of style of storytelling. This is also based off of a book. And this is the first movie that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have written together since Good Will Hunting almost 23 years ago which also won them an academy award for that movie they won for best original screenplay that was obviously the big movie that kind of broke them into hollywood made them superstars overnight and here they are reteaming together again for this movie and they also brought on nicole hall of center um as a as a a co-writer for this film as well so we got a chance to go to the movie theaters last week to check this film out and with that said man what did you think about the last duel
2: First off, shame on Matt Damon and Ben Affleck for like waiting this long to work together again. Well, I don't know what that is, what that's about. That is actually insane to me. Um, they've been here way too long to like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. The last duel, man. The more I think about this film, honestly, the more I like it. Um, Because there's just so many layers. And, uh, you know, there's very few movies I feel like we've watched recently that contain a conversation that I feel like needs to be had outside of the theater and this is definitely one of them that like I just want to talk to people about (laughs) like let's 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 you know let's let's uh, unpack this let's unpack that um but first and foremost the the structure of the movie is it's funny it's in a traditional first act second act third act but because every act from the perspective of one of the main characters that we've been given it gives it such a different feel that i didn't appreciate at first when while we're watching it or at least that first act um and i think because the first act the first act was very slow for me first act i was like man what are we doing um and towards the end of that second act right when you get um, the perspective from adam driver's character again first act you get the perspective from uh, matt damon's character you are it's just it just turns on its head and from there i never like the time it zips because i'm like dang we're at the end already because it just gets really really good y'all um the last duel uh if you don't know is really about um uh, we're in the medieval times right the midst of the hundred year war um, and it's really exploring this power dynamic between two best friends, Adam Driver's character and Matt Damon's character, uh, who are best friends. And it, Matt Damon's wife, played by Miss Comer, um, we go. I'm gonna talk about her later. Jodie Comer was, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Jodie Comer uh, eventually comes forward with. Sexual assault allegations against Adam Driver's character, and that is pretty much the movie. It's this power dynamic between two medieval knights, um, and uh, uh, again, one of one of the women who exists in this patri- patriarchal world. And it is just so. I think it's very well. Um, very well. The screenplay by itself is insane. Uh, I think, in, again, in terms of how the story is told, but most of all, more than anything, Jodie Comer came with everything she had in her body, and I, I really do think she's this, this. It's time to start talking for her about the, this uh, an Academy Award nomination because I, I believe that's how really how good she was in this film, Marguerite. Uh, so, Marguerite, Jodie Comer's character again is the one who's coming forward with sexual allegations in this movie. Um, and it, it, again, is told in a perspective to where the first two acts you're living in patriarchy in that last act, which is the, 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 um, the view and perspective of Johnny Comer's character, Marguerite, you're forced to now live in, uh, the way she views the situation and everything that goes down. And she's just really knocks it out of the park, really in all three iterations, all three acts, she really kills it. And it's really those subtle differences between each perspective. That really makes this movie what it is. It's the smallest things, and um, again, it's hard to talk about without spoiling anything. But this, like, it, some of these details really are important when you watch the movie, um, and it's just really well done, man. It's uh, it's not something I've seen coming from Ridley Scott. I went home and watched the trailer afterwards, and I was like, damn, maybe I did know what I was signing myself up for, but like, I just didn't know it uh, and I didn't realize it. I think while I was watching the trailer. Um, but I, one other thing about this film that needs to be talked about. Is big ass trigger warning <laughs> on this movie, like mm-hmm. the biggest trigger warning ever, uh, having to deal with sexual assault, because they do show uh, uh, the situation as it's going down, um, and I think that's, a, that's that's so important for people to know that I don't think I don't think there was one, there was no trigger warning, and for me, I as soon as it was happening, I was imagining people that could be sitting next to us in the theater who had who you know maybe resonate with what's happening on the screen all too well who didn't have that trigger warning right who have been victims of sexual assault or have friends or who uh uh this would strike you know or would make feel very 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 uncomfortable in the theater um and that's one of the things that I'm not sure about in the movie you know I wish there was some kind of yes hey this is about to happen you know and I, and I didn't get that um, and the last thing I'll talk about is, uh, the end of the, uh, the end of the third act, which is an entire battle sequence. This, this is the, literally the reason it's called the last duel, because there's one last duel in the movie. And I thought it was beautiful. I really did. I thought it was some of the best. It, it's pretty up there in terms of really Sky action, I'd say in terms of one of the action scenes I've ever seen. I mean, the color grading of the entire film was already super dark, but that moment, that we it was a perfect slow motion moment. Again, they're jousting. They're, you know, it 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 was there was no music, which I was like, yes. It was nothing but clinks and clanks. And I was like, this is this is it. This is a really good fight. Um, and that's what we got. And I, I just really enjoyed that last duel for sure. Um, pun intended. So I, I really did appreciate that too about the film. But yeah, just a movie that I I kind of went in more blind than I had thought that I went in um but at the end I really did enjoy it and enjoy it it really is talking about um how being how patriarchy how men can be lost in patriarchy and specifically how it, it low-key ties to our world today and I think there's just a lot of conversation to be had about it but yeah man so I thought about the last duel I know I said a lot um but that's how much I think was in the film <laughs> uh that there is to be you know uh unpacked at some point but yeah I'll, I'll leave it there Sir Ridley Scott um, has obviously had a long, long career in Hollywood, and he he's
1: also had equally as long of a career making historical dramas, and it, it goes all the way back to his his very first movie, um, The Duelists, which is a historical drama. Um, and, and he comes out of the gate making this type of movie and then he revisits the genre with, with, with Gladiator, which, um, made him extremely popular and also, you know, won Academy Award for Best Picture, won Russell Crowe the Academy Award for Best Director. And then he, you know, further cemented, you know, sort of his, his established, his established trope of making these historical drama films. He's made Kingdom of Heaven, which, uh, the theatrical cut, not good, the director's cut, which, Ridley Scott has a director's cut for all of his movies and they're all substantially longer mm-hmm. and they all tend to be better. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven is a good example of a movie that's better because it is longer. There's more time to develop those characters in that story. He did Exodus Gods and, Gods and Kings a few years ago. Not that great of a movie. Um, has some problems in terms of accuracy and then also just in terms of stories. He's also done Robin Hood. So he's played around in this, in this genre his entire career and so mm-hmm. the fact that he's coming back to it with the last duel made me super excited about it because i'm like this is this is a world and a style that he knows really really well um because he's been making this type of movie for his whole career right and he also has incredible talent in front of and behind the the the, the, the screen you know and the fact that we have these huge actors you know a part of this 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 project you have your Matt damon's and ben affleck's and Adam Drivers, and Jodie Comer's, and and then even behind the screen, um, you have them writing this movie along along with Nicole Hall of Center, who's a very integral piece to the story because she wrote the specific third act that you just talked about for mm-hmm. uh, Jodie Comer's character, Marguerite, which I got to say kudos to them for allowing a woman to come in and write that perspective because it's extremely yes. important, and, and it's very sensitive stuff. Especially, this is based off of a book, and we're, we're looking at medieval 14th century, um, you know, hundred year war stuff where there's nobody writing from the perspective of a woman, you know, Mm -hmm. women are not treated as equal. They're, they're treated as so much less than that. So we're not, we're not working off of a lot of knowledge and information about how women may have reacted to a situation or things that went down, but this is based on a true story. You know, this really happened. And so to see this all carry out and take place over the course of three acts, man, I really, really enjoyed it. I think that this is a solid ass film. It's really, really good it's a big budget movie hundred million dollar movie that's dealing with a very relevant um and, and tough issue obviously sexual assault and and rape and just how difficult that is for people and um the fact that this is a hundred million dollar movie addressing those topics is um i think it's a i think it's you know it's it, it's a it's a testament to just how something like that such a difficult topic can be can be applied to something that happened, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago but as you mentioned it still resonates to today because mm-hmm. we're looking at it from the perspective of two men who are just so consumed by their own vanity, they're so consumed by their own ambition and and they're, they're 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 seeking out of power and and how they play this political game with other characters and then we have to get the perspective of 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 a victim who really had to go through an extremely difficult thing and had to endure that. And obviously nobody's going to take her side. And one of the important pieces of the story that we have to like mention is the fact that church and state are mixed together in mm-hmm. the way that they're treated and in, 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 in how people are tried and convicted that's still very much the thing to do back in those days, like mm-hmm. church and state are working together. And so everything that's said when it, when it's time to have a trial, when it's time to have accusations and present evidence, it's all based on religious, you know, sort of rhetoric, which is, I mean, when you look back at that, I mean, we, we've always known how it, 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 it's, it, it's necessary to separate those things when you're dealing with real situations, obviously is mm-hmm. this, when you're dealing with crimes that are committed, but to just go back and look at that and see, like, wow, man, this is this is really where we were as humans, you yeah. know, and we have developed, we have evolved, but obviously problematic and troubling stuff still happens this way, and it's, it's just kind of crazy to see the similarities and the differences, but, you know, I, I think that this movie just kind of knocks it out of the park in terms of the story that it tells. I think everybody gives an incredible performance. Jodie Comer, she definitely still is a movie. She is the focal point. Yeah. She does an extraordinary job. I think her, I think everything that she she presented here, just the nuances in her character were just stellar, just how emotionally difficult that had to be to, to deliver this performance and to also to just, you know, again, work off of these other, you know, really prominent actors. You know, Adam Driver, who is a he's kind of a menacing presence here. You know, he's really using his size and his stature mm-hmm. to, to 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 lean into that role. And then Matt Damon, you know, he's playing, he's playing kind of a, a an asshole in this yeah. movie which mm-hmm. he's he's been good at before and I think it's interesting because as you mentioned when you get these different perspectives they're different but they're not always that different it right. is subtle changes mm-hmm. but those subtle changes mean everything right. and, and I, I do want to shout out Ben Affleck too because he's having a good time in this movie. oh yeah his performance he's having so much fun in the most devilish of ways, he's adding some necessary levity to this movie because it is mm-hmm. it is a tough movie to watch at times. But he's adding some ne- some necessary levity to it. But overall, man, the performances here were just extraordinary. I think, especially from Jody and the cinematography and the action and the battle that that took place. I mean, it just has to be said. I don't I don't know if anybody can direct that type of action better than ridley scott i think he Mm -hmm. might be the master at it just based off of everything we've seen before this and then also what we saw in this movie and the fact that it led up to this and there was action also throughout the movie in 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 other places like that wasn't the only action sequence but that was the most meaningful one Mm -hmm. and it worked so well because it's so grounded in the characters it's so much it's so much of it is based in the characters and how they got to that point because they were best friends and they were close and then they get to this point of like fighting for their lives but they're doing it really out of a out of a, just a misguided sense of hubris. It's not to mm-hmm. just defeat each other. It's like, no, they're just really doing it out of selfish reasons for themselves. Like even Matt Damon's character, he's, he's the husband to, to, to Marguerite and he's really doing it to just prove a point. I, it's, it's much yeah. less to save her life. It's really to save his image and and, and how mm-hmm. people view him. And by doing so, he puts them in an even more difficult predicament from there, which you, know, you have to see the movie to understand. But I think that, all things considered, all things considered, in terms of what this movie is dealing with—the tough subject matter of sexual assault—and seeing that on screen, if you are able to watch this and, and be able to, you know, withstand that, and this is a, a warning for you if you do decide to watch that, I think that this is worth a watch. I think it's a great movie. It's really, really well done. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's made on such a just an extravagant level. You can see the budget, you can see the time and the money that's spent on it. But it's still dealing with a real story, and it's a, it's actually about something, even though it costs one hundred million dollars. Like it's just not like a mm-hmm. a mindless film with just action. Like it's actually about something, and I really appreciated that. And you know, I think that uh, this is something that will age even better with time as well, because it, it is a thing that resonates. Um, unfortunately, still to this day. So I'm excited to see what happens with it in the future. I don't know if it'll have that much talk around award season. We'll see. Obviously, it's sort of presented that way. Hopefully, for Jody in particular, we see Jody. some stuff, but. I think we'll just have to we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, there's still a lot to come out left, but I I I, I do want it to get some recognition um because it, it does deserve that attention. It it is that good. So
2: yeah. Any other thoughts on the last duel before we move on? Uh it's just not doing great in the box office. Um it's not. which is interesting, you know. Uh that could be for a, a number of reasons. But um yeah, if, if it's, you, have, it's a, you know it's a shame
1: because I know I've seen a lot of people on film twitter specifically blame the marketing of it or blame you know w- w- what was this movie really about like it, it doesn't tell you what it's about but you know i don't know man i just i'm i'm a little bit more cynical i just don't think people want to see this type of movie in theaters anymore mm-hmm. like it just it just doesn't seem like th- this is i think this is made for an older audience for sure and it's also at the same weekend as halloween you know yeah. it probably would have been better to have it come out elsewhere you know mm-hmm. maybe I know he has a movie coming out in december that's the hard part you know so he can't compete with himself um, so we'll be back here in a few weeks talking about Ridley Scott again but that's also a piece of it like how do you position this movie it also it costs it costs a lot of money mm-hmm. did it need to cost this much I don't know you know mm-hmm. um I feel like what I will say before we move on I guarantee you well I can't I can't do that because I don't have anything to back it up but I personally feel like if this was a limited series on HBO Ten episodes, and they drove mm. They 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 had, they had this drawn out. I bet you would have been a big hit. I bet you it would have came out. And it would have been a big hit, just because people are watching TV nowadays a lot more. Long form storytelling is working a lot more. Yeah, um, stand at home and engaging with this type of stuff. I bet if it was like a limited series on HBO, it would have it would have done amazing. It would have been viewed by a lot of people. So um, maybe we should think about how these things are presented. I don't know if Ridley Scott is interested in ever making a TV series. I mean, well, he has worked in TV. He just made a TV show, so. Yeah um i don't know i don't know it it, it could be all sorts of reasons like you said but um with that said man if you do get a chance and and if you are interested in the last duel check it out and then hit us up and let us know what you think about it let's go ahead and move on to our next thing we're actually going to talk about a tv show a new season has just premiered on netflix the latest season of the hit series you
0: in my history of scared this is the most scared i've ever been Congratulations, dad. It's a boy. I've always believed in the one. Being your dad is changing me. For you, I'd move to some soulless suburb. Come latte with us. (laughs) For you, I'd marry the monster your mother loves. What could go wrong? We both have done bad things. I wanted to move here so that we could start new. We are just the nice, normal neighbors next door. We are a team. The best team. Oh. Oh, no, this is bad. So now I have you. Things will be different this time. Something's going on. You're, you're always distracted. Are you okay? You look paler than usual. I think we need to go to couples therapy. This came sooner than expected. Marriage isn't really built for secrets. There's no such thing as privacy in Madre Linda. You
1: obsessed with
0: her? WHY DON'T YOU LOVE ME ANYMORE?! I was plotting something and I can feel it. Why does everybody think I'm impulsive? You are not making me kill anyone! Neither one of you is gonna kill your spouse. You're many things, but you are not murderers. I Never thought to wonder. What happens after boy gets girl?
1: We're a team, okay?
0: Till death do us part.
1: Now, You is produced by Sarah Gamble and it's starring Penn Badgley and Victoria Pedretti. All the episodes are now streaming. They just premiered this past weekend on Netflix. Again, this is the third season. You premiered on Netflix a couple of years ago. Was a surprise hit out of nowhere. It was actually originally a series on Lifetime Network, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Mm-hmm. Netflix picked it up. They picked up the rights to actually air the show. It was not, At that point, it was not going to move forward with further seasons, but once they put it on Netflix, so many people discovered it, it became so popular. So many people watched it and talked about it. Obviously, the word of mouth just spread like wildfire. They immediately greenlit a season two, which actually came out last year. Before, before the COVID-19 pandemic, they got season two out, and then they already had a season three ready to go, but delays happened. The show got pushed back a little bit, but we finally have season three of you out and available now the saga of joe and love is here for us to talk about so we got 10 episodes of this series now um, to work with from season three so with that said man i'm gonna pass it over to you tell me what did you think about season three of you
2: season three man it has been a crazy ride um to come from again you season one and you season two and here we are at you season three and i think what's most interesting about this third season is there is like character development has happened like Joe in a lot of ways has grown he is different um and it's interesting to watch that knowing that his new wife love is um again attempting to be that same person you know um so there there's there's pull there the best part about these this this season uh it, it's the black women that are introduced into the show Tati Gabrielle and Shalita Grant. Um, they play. Uh, Tati plays Marianne, and Shalita plays the uh, Sherry, who was like a mom influencer. Again, they're they're in the suburbs, and she's like at first she's really obnoxious and, and you know things like that. But she has a reason for the way she acts. And then there's Tati, who just works at the library, right? Um, but you know she struck, She has her own problems too, and they really do become. Uh, they really add a different dynamic. I think. Uh, into the you landscape uh and and it makes for uh an interesting watch man there's like some 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 crazy stuff that happened is all of it perfect no no all of it's perfect it's you they they have reached a point in the show where they just have to be ridiculous and that doesn't always work out um because sometimes you can get repetitive for the wrong reasons uh and you know it's like where OK, but where's the end or where what to what degree will this will, you know, these things continue to happen. But I, I, I think uh, in a lot of different ways, that's my expectation now. Right. Like that you just has to be kind of out of pocket and it has to be kind of wild. And it follows that for me. Um, and so there's, again, very specific episodes where I find I just find myself enjoying myself more than others because it's so ridiculous. Uh, before before we started recording, me and Jordan were talking spe- specifically about episode eight. And if you got to episode eight, you know how hilarious and out of pocket that entire episode is. But like thinking about it, I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten that anywhere else. Like how random and crazy that entire episode is. It's like, dang, y'all really had to do something, um, that, you know, you, you oh, you haven't seen before. And so for that, I appreciate it. Uh, again, is you season three perfect? It's not. Um, but I do think them trying to have a wow factor every now and then adds some some I guess some brevity to to more than a lot of the previous seasons where some of the previous seasons I do like because they're more grounded but I also like this here because now it's like you got to do something different and at least they're trying to do that and I think that's why I I I, I'm okay with it I like I, I don't mind it I think it's mindless fun of just two ridiculous people, <laughs> uh, and, and it is what it is, man. So I don't have much to say outside of that. Uh, you season three.
1: Yeah, full disclaimer, I have not finished season three. I've gotten through almost nine episodes. I'm, I'm nearly at the end here, and you know, this show, I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I continue to keep watching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, just like, well. it it's hard to not watch it. But then I know I watch it, I'm not gonna be completely satisfied. Mm-hmm. I, you know, listen, I, I really the first season I thought was actually really, really, really good. I, I was I was so into what was happening. Um and season two for me was a a, a pretty big disappointment just because I, I don't I don't know what it was. I think a lot of it was probably due to the fact that it was set in LA.
0: Mm-hmm. The shift in the
1: tone and the setting was so jarring I forgot about compared that. to mm-hmm. a New York story. Um, it just didn't work for me. Uh, maybe that's me being biased, obviously, living here. But I just felt that the energy and the creepiness and the unpredictability of season one just did not carry over as much as I wanted to in season two. Mm-hmm. And so season three, for me, I wasn't all that excited about it, but of course was going to continue to keep watching to see where these characters were going to go. I do so far, I think I I think I could say safely that I like season three better than two. Not by that much, per se. Um, and And I think a lot of that is due to the fact that it does take a while for something to really meaningfully happen, I feel like. I mean, there's mm-hmm. definitely some shocking stuff that happens early on, don't get me wrong. Um, but a part of me feels like at some at some opportunities at some opportunities the show kind of rests on its laurels because there is a big fan base for this series. A lot of people do watch it. But they do still occasionally take chances, you know, so it's a push and pull for me because I like the fact that they are changing stuff up. Like you have Joe who's like settled down now and he's married and is a father and they also moved to the suburbs. So we're, we've gotten out of that urban environment and we're into more of a residential community. Also a very wealthy, rich residential community at that. Um, and also him still meeting new people and coming in contact with new people. I like that stuff. I like that they always introduce new characters because it always presents an opportunity for somebody to come in and steal the show and be really interesting. And I, I do appreciate that. And then there's other times where I'm just like, how long can we keep up this premise you know how far can we really continue to go with this how Mm -hmm. many more people can they kill and still get away with it and and it's actually believable you know what i'm saying so it's hard it's hard when you have a series like that because it can be so wickedly enjoyable when you see these people kill because you you, i mean you're not necessarily rooting for them but you're not necessarily rooting against them Mm -hmm. either you're just kind of watching in awe and shock Mm -hmm. um but you have to still maintain a sense of veris- verisimilitude and believability in the fact that, like, okay, at some point, somebody's going to get their ass. Like, there's just no way they can continue this this, this outrageous killing, um, especially now that there's two of them who are both, like, equally as crazy. If if not, one is more crazier than the other, mm-hmm. um, specifically Love. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you know, listen... it. it's fine it's fine it's okay it's you know there's there's much worse stuff out there obviously I think I think that this is something that you could still watch and walk away and and be satisfied by it's not it's not changing the world it's not changing my world it's not making me come away with a profound thought nor is it trying to do that it's not trying to achieve that either it's trying to just be something to be enjoyable and entertaining and fun while still giving the character the characters in the show a sense of purpose and backstory and history um so you know I think I think I think it's you know it's kind of a mixed bag for me ultimately like there's some episodes where I'm like okay that was actually a nice idea and I like what they did with that and then there's Mm -hmm. other episodes I'm like just like what are we doing here why are we still are we still dealing with this mess um there's also an element of therapy here in this season that I don't know how I feel about just because I don't know. It just sometimes it seems like they're trying to work towards redemption, and I'm just like, come on now. Look at who we're talking about. These are some these are some really wicked people. I don't I don't know how much redemption we can really be trying to impart on these two individuals here, but right. That's just kind of a personal preference for me, but you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's fine. It's setting to do out, it's setting to, you know, achieve something. And I think it's mostly doing that. Mm -hmm. I just, I just wonder how long we can keep this going. You know, I think at best for me, this did feel like a three season type of show. Who am I to say that? Obviously I'm not a creator of course, or a writer for it. But it felt like a three-season show. Like, you know, this this guy can't keep doing this. But now we're, we're already, you know, they've already greenlit a fourth season. So I'm just like, what? Like, <laughs> how? Well, how much more can we do here? How right. many more people can be killed and, you know, and taken off the chessboard? I don't know. Um, but it seems like they have more to come. And I still have to finish the season to see, like, what the – what the direction may may lead towards but yeah you know overall still still cool still fine watch you know and it's it's also it's also an easy watch Mm -hmm. it's not hard like most of the episodes are like under 50 minutes they're like 45 minutes or 42 minutes so it's pretty easy to watch too and that's also that's also easy to do when you can like watch something and not have to fully pay attention you know and that yeah some shows like do that really well where you can do something else. You can multitask. You can, mm-hmm. you know, vacuum or cook or whatever the case may be and still watch this and know exactly what's going on. And th- there's a space for that. So I I at least appreciated that as well.
2: Yeah, I also like the social aspect of this show. Um, there are very few shows that I still feel like we watch together as a community. Of course, Insecure being one of them, but that's an example where like everybody on the internet is like, nope, we're all watching this. And you is still one of those shows. Um, and you know, is it is something I think i always appreciate um about it too was that it, it did that you know like everybody's like nope we're all watching you together and the you know it's blowing up again that same way um and i, I gotta give one more shout out to tati gabrielle man um she was a beast in Chill adventures of sabrina too uh but she also has a lot of stuff coming up like she's in the uncharted movie i think she has um it's like a we haven't talked about this yet i don't know what's coming on it's like a, a new jigsaw project happening that she has been cast in oh no yeah i know <laughs> can we not uh, uh can we not is I- exactly it um but you know just just be on the lookout for her because she ain't going nowhere um that's really much all i wanted to say about her so yeah
1: oh joe goldberg this guy Uh um, this guy joe uh, 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 uh a legend weirdly maybe yeah uh, but crazy as fuck. A TV show like Stalker man. serial killer. But yeah, definitely definitely etching his name in stone into, into one of the most memorable characters at this point. So mm-hmm. those are our thoughts on season three of you. If you've checked out the new season on Netflix, definitely hit us up and let us know what you think. Let's go ahead and talk about the news of the week, man. We got a few things to run down and catch up with. We got the first trailer for Scream, which is going to be coming out January 14th, 2022. This is another horror franchise. Another slasher icon coming back to the big screen. It's no surprise we're getting another Scream, especially based off of the success of Halloween lately. Of course, that 2018 movie, as I mentioned earlier, did so well. This new one just also made $50 million, even though it was available on streaming. So people are into these Slasher icons, man. We also got this Chucky Limited series out on USA right now. Um, The 90s are back in a big way. So we're getting a new Scream movie. The gang is back together. Nev Campbell is back. Courtney Cox is back. David Arquette is back. They're all coming back here for this new iteration. They also have some new characters, a lot of new up and coming actors who are doing like a lot of various things in TV um, are, are part of this movie. But the, the, the latest entry is going to be coming out January 14th. And we got our first trailer. Um, and, I, you know, I thought it was fine. It was a fine trailer. It wasn't it wasn't extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It gave me exactly what I thought it was going to give me. You get the phone call. You get the you get the, the, the voice of Ghostface. Um, you know, you get all the expected tropes that you expect from a Scream movie. Of course, the, the shot of like our three iconic characters from the original David, Courtney, and Nev. Um, and then you also get some of the newcomers and see what they look like and see what's going to be happening here. The big angle I think for this movie is that they're saying that it it very much is, is connected to the first film. It's very much tied into what we saw in the original Scream movie, which is literally a fucking classic. Um, that is, that is one of the greatest movies ever made. Fuck a genre. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. It really redefined the horror genre. Wes Craven just he did an extraordinary job with that film. The subsequent movies, I'm a big fan of two. I really I'm I Same. two is I think two is amazing. Mm-hmm. Three is pretty bad. Uh and four, I don't really remember four. I saw four like twice. I don't really remember much of it. Um but I'm interested here. You know, I, I'm I'm glad to see that they, they got our legacy characters back together. Um I'll be there, of course, to see this film, but the trailer itself was just fine. It wasn't. It wasn't anything special. Um, I think it just hit all the beats that we sort of expected it to.
2: Yeah, man. Do you like scary movies? What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> Yo, uh, guy, the same voice
1: actor coming back too to do to do this iconic voice. I mean, shout out to him as well. He's also a part of that original cast. Like that's dope. He's yeah, still doing this voice.
2: That is dope that he's still doing it, man. Um, yeah, we're in a a a slasher. Reboot Renaissance. Um, And I'm not mad at it personally, only because they haven't been bad to an extent, right? Like, um, again, I'll still argue that Happy Death Day, Loki, like, revitalized something in people that I don't think people understand happened. Like, Happy Death Day came out, and then it's like something shook. and It's like the world, like, did a little, (laughs) had a little seizure. Um, And this is what we got out of it. All of these movies are coming back. Uh, I know what you did last summer, show is now on amazon prime there's a chucky tv show on sci-fi freaking we're talking about scream what year is this uh i mean we just got done talking about a halloween movie in 2021 after it came out in 1978 like it's it's a lot going on um and this scream trailer um like you said man it was cool uh it's, it's what i expected it's it's one of those movies again where you naturally have to hide everything <laughs> like you just can't Show a lot, or else is you know, because everything while you're watching it is a clue, because that's what you're doing the entire movie, trying to deduce. All right, who's the goddamn killer? Who's this? So they, they can't show a lot, but they showed us enough um to to at least remind people that it's coming out. And of course, I'm sure we'll see a second trailer closer to the release date. Um, uh, but this is what we got now, and, it, and, and you know it's fine. I'm I'm cool with it. Um, but yeah, I just I just wanted to tell people to to watch watch all the slasher shit, you know, um, watch, uh, the happy death days I'm talking about that same, cre- uh, director also made a movie called freaky. If you have not seen freaky, watch freaky ASAP, please. It is actually good. It's like a mix between a slasher movie and freaky Friday. That's why it's called freaky. And it it, it really works out, um, better than you think it is. It is very small comedy, but it's, it's really, really good movie, um, that I want more people to enjoy. But yeah, man, that's it.
1: Yeah. You know, and I, I, what I, We'll point out again that I that I mentioned earlier. I think that the newcomers to this cast are really I, I'm really impressed with who they they've assembled here. Um, you got Melissa Barrera a part of this movie, fresh off of In the Heights, um, and I thought she was pretty good in that. Jenna mm-hmm. Ortega, we just talked about you. She was in season two of You, and she's now in this movie. Um, might even be the first kill based off of what we saw on the trailer. Might be the first victim because she she mm-hmm. receives the phone call from Ghostface. Um, allegedly, there are some theories out there though that she might escape. She might actually be the first person to escape the first the first death of a screen movie cuz you always know it, it has to open up with a death scene. It has to open up with them calling somebody, somebody unsuspecting and then all of a sudden it becomes a murder mystery again. Um and Jack Quaid, our boy Jack Quaid from The Boys is in this movie. Um a lot of people are pointing to him as a killer. He he fits that vibe. That feels a little bit too <laughs> on the nose, but he fits that vibe though. He he got that he got that that creepy Billy Loomis vibe from the first movie. I you know, there could be something there. It's going to be doing Um yeah. Don't say that. We cannot I'm sorry. no. Not Dewey. No, we cannot do that. That that's a betrayal. That is a true betrayal of the audience that they made Dewey the killer. I mean they did it a scary movie, though. Yeah, they did they it in a scary, scary movie.
0: movie. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> they took that risk. I'm like, okay, well, that worked. But um, yeah, they got some nice newcomers here. They got a lot of folks from like different TV shows, you yeah. know. So I'm I'm excited to just see like the new energy that we get in this movie. I just hope it doesn't turn out to be somebody we just don't care about. Like if they're gonna connect it to the first movie, yeah, then you want to make it meaningful. Um and it looks like they even revisit that house, you know, from the first movie mm-hmm. where the majority of those murders take place at the end of that film and the third the third act, it looks like they they will revisit that. So um again, very much leaning into that the halloween aesthetic of what we're seeing now with michael myers like revisiting the past the the legacy sequels that we're continuing to get it's just more of everything we're just getting more of everything we're getting our legends returning to these franchises after all these years away so mm-hmm. we'll see what it looks like when it comes out this january 14th um, we got another new trailer for another horror movie coming out next year february 4th 2022 for the black phone now this trailer we see is is the first look at a movie that's going to reunite Ethan Hawke and Scott Derrickson director Scott Derrickson who both work together on another horror film called *Sinister* um, a few years ago, and now they're reteaming together. Ethan Hawke is coming back. Um, we know Ethan Hawke is going to have a busy year next year. He's also in *Moon Knight*, the Disney Plus she- series from Marvel Studios, and Scott Derrickson, the director of, again, as I mentioned, *Sinister*. He also directed the first *Doctor Strange* movie. Was initially going to direct *Doctor Strange* in the Multiverse of Madness, but stepped away from that project, and now he has this has this on the docket, and so we got a first look at this coming out February. Um, I, you know, I think it looks entertaining. I mean, there's 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 definitely. Still, some elements of mystery to the story and what it's about, but looks creepy. Looks very creepy. Yeah. It's also really interesting to see that Ethan Hawke specifically is going to be playing a villain in this movie, mm-hmm. um, at least by all accounts and purposes of what we saw in the trailer. And Ethan Hawke has notoriously sort of said how he. He's very much avoided playing villains his whole career. That's mm-hmm. been something he's actively worked against. I think it might even it might even legally be a thing for him, where he he just cannot play a villain. He he writes that into his contracts into his movies, like you cannot cast me as a as an antagonist. Um, but he's he's foregoing that for this movie. Um, which I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see a darker side of Ethan Hawke. Yeah, and knowing that he's working with a director that he he clearly has a rapport with and that he trusts, um, is a really interesting thing. Um, and this might not be the last time he plays a villain because you know. Moon Knight, again, he might be the villain in that show as well, so he's taking some uh, some interesting risks here, but yeah, again, this trailer looks good, man, I'm, I'm excited for this movie, uh, uh, an original story, an original idea coming out to give us just something different than we haven't seen like i'm, I'm all for like the, the the legacy stuff that we get with our with our well-known franchises but we need the new stuff as well and everything we saw here again it looks super creepy it looks really unsettling and so i'm just kind of excited to 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 go to the movies and see the story unfold especially from a from a visionary like scott derrickson
2: yeah man it also is is giving like a uh in a way like a prisoner's vibe right like when you're watching it you're like what the hell is this story. Um, and, you know, it, it really is creepy. I think we're about to get a new um, iconic mask. Hopefully, like the movie is that good uh, because, again, there's a mask in the trailer. So hopefully, you know, it, kids have something new on the next Halloween that comes around. Um, I hope it really is one of those. Um, but I love the... Uh, they took the the mystery-first approach uh, faster than they took the horror approach. And I like that about mm-hmm. it. I really like that about the trailer. It's like, give me the story and then add the horror on top. Um, and I think that's what we're going to get. And, uh, psh, man, like you said, uh, psh, you know, my boy's in a room with a black phone. I don't know what that means. Nobody knows what it means. <laughs> right. Um, but it, it makes me excited to watch it. Like you said, Ethan Hawk being a villain and, you know, a, a, a director he's used to, you know, being with. So, um, I'm, I'm really excited to watch it. And I, I actually think it'll be good. It comes out you know, like a week before my birthday. So I might round up the troops. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. And uh, in other more unfortunate news, Marvel Studios has
1: just announced a series of delays for their upcoming slate of Phase 4 movies. I um, thought we were past this. I thought those days were behind us, but apparently not. Um, Pretty much everything is getting pushed back to some extent. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will no longer be coming out this March. It'll actually be coming out May 5th or excuse me, May 6th of 2022 door 11 thunder is now moving from that date to july 8th of 2022 black panther wakanda forever was initially going to come out in that july 8th spot it will now come out november 11th of 2022 which then pushes back the marvels which was going to come out that day now the marvels won't come out until 2023 in february february 17th 2023 Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, actually takes the biggest leap. Um, it moves from February 17th, 2023, to July 28th mm. of 2023. So it actually does not bump back Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because that comes out May of 2023. It, it sort of leapfrogs over that and goes to the July spot. So um, a lot of stuff is affected here. These are some pretty, pretty significant jumps. These are not just like a week or two. These are months and months. For a lot of these projects. So we're just going to have to wait a little bit longer. To see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And Thor Love and Thunder. And Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, apparently a lot of this is just related to production issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not... It's not because of other films. And I've seen people talk about, oh, the Batman has Marvel Shiv. No, they don't. No. Like, let's be, be honest. Just come on. Like, get <laughs> real. Um, it's not because of that. Like, uh, apparently, it's just, you know, production related stuff. Some some films, and this happens, you know, some films just need more time. You know, uh, we, we don't know explicitly, like, who might be the main culprit here. But it, it definitely is not something we wanted to see. Obviously, we want to get these movies as quickly as we can. But. They mostly just push stuff back a date. Like, all of these dates that they have were already dates cemented again. Thor 11 Thunder was originally the May 6, 2022 date. Now, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange just takes that over. Black Panther orig- originally had that July tw- you know, eighth, twenty 2022 de- uh, date, and Thor just takes that over. So, they're just slotting stuff um, and pushing it back a date. But, you know, it is what it is. I wish it didn't happen, but it is what it is. We have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. It, it just kind of... Um, I think it'll just kind of make us, you know, appreciate and, and hope the build up to these are, you know, even even more special and just, you know, build that anticipation even more for Doctor Strange. But now we definitely won't get a trailer for Doctor Strange until next year. You yeah, know, I, we we won't we won't see anything this year. So we're going to we're going to have to hopefully just, you know, cross our fingers that Spider-Man No Way Home will still come out this year and we can you know have that to hold us over. But, um, yeah, any thoughts on these delays and these pushbacks that we're seeing?
2: Yeah, man, I think uh, I think they did this early um ahead of Disney Plus Day because I think there are some things in between January and that May slot um that may go there like for instance we're still waiting on our um our uh I was about to say yeah our Miss Marvel TV show right um mm-hmm. and of course she will be slotted in there but I'm I'm interested to see how Disney Plus Day changes some of these TV shows around too like if Secret Invasion is here and Moon Knight is there you know I'm I'm, I'm really um interested to see what how that moves as well. But I think they did this early. That way when we get to Disney Plus, no one's like, surprise, here's the dates are being moved. We're like, oh, these are the new dates for the new Disney Plus Marvel TV shows that are coming out. So um yeah, man. I'm just sad because I expected four MCU movies to come out next year. And that was like a thing. Like in my mind, I'm like, oh shit, next year's gonna be crazy. Um and we're back to three, which is fine. You know, I'm not like too, too mad. Um I think the the saddest thing for me is just having to wait longer for the multiverse of madness. That's the biggest thing is the gap between December and May more than anything. Uh, I think that's like the thing that's getting me, but other than that, uh, uh, whatever, you know, like sometimes a long a waiting, what a couple months longer is no big deal. It's some, a lot of times it even turns out being better for a lot of these films. So um, we'll just have to see what they got on Disney plus day too. Uh, I think this is definitely going to go hand in hand with that.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because a lot of those shows coming out directly tie into these movies. Like mm-hmm. We know that Miss Marvel will directly tie into the Marvels. Exactly, uh, We're going to be introduced to that character before we see her team up with Carol Danvers and Monica Rambeau. Black Panther Wakanda Forever obviously has ties and implications to Ironheart, because we know that Riri Williams is going to be in that movie. She's going to mm-hmm. make her MCU debut in that movie and then have her own Disney Plus show. Um, but what is interesting here is that they have moved Black Panther Wakanda Forever to November 11th of 2022, which is a week after The Flash is supposed to release, which I believe is supposed to come out November 5th, 2022. So, um, listen, a week is just not ideal for any studio to have their big budget 10-pole movie go up another against another big budget 10-pole movie, um, all, and, and it's Black Panther of all projects, you know, this is not just like any throwaway, this is a, a phenomenon, you know, so... It'll be interesting to see if Warner Brothers moves to Flash. I almost think that they have to. I don't. I don't think that they can not afford to move it because mm-hmm. I think Disney's going to just hold that because they they can. You know, they have the the cachet to do that. I feel like Warner Brothers is going to have to figure out another spot for the Flash movie because yep. a week is just not enough time to make the money that you would want to make with that movie, especially if you're bringing back Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck and it's a multiverse mm-hmm. story. You got Supergirl you want that movie to perform very, very well and uh, giving it just a week to do so. It'll be instantly dethroned the very next week and, and it'll, it'll lose out on, on a lot of potential cash. So mm-hmm. that'll be an interesting development, but um, yeah, the, the Disney plus side of it all, we will get more shows next year. I think we're probably going to get five series, four or five series next year. Um, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight. I think She-Hulk is next year. Secret Invasion may be next year, as you mentioned. The Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So there's going to be a lot of MCU stuff. It's just that the movies are going to get shifted around a little bit. So Mm -hmm. just got to wait a little bit longer, be a little bit more patient. And in our final news item for this week, we just found out Iconic character Sora is now available on Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. This is something that's been very, very much anticipated. Um, He was officially announced just I think what a week ago that's yep. going to be the sixth and final downloadable character for the uh, the Fighters Pass um, that that that's recently just been released and um, yeah this is a this is another fighter from the the Square Enix Kingdom Hearts universe coming into Super Super Smash Bros. Ultimate I know a lot of people are super excited about this man mm-hmm.
2: uh, what, what do you think about this this edition This is the the thing that we've been waiting for for so long. I, I don't think people understand. People have been asking for Sora since there was a crossover in smash bros which was like maybe brawl where like snake and sonic were like allowed to be in the game everyone's like okay y'all doing snake and sonic where the hell is sora or like crash bandicoot master chief and they were kind of giving us some of these characters like uh kazuya just got added from tekken or um uh even steve from freaking uh from uh dang i'm blanking um Minecraft just got added. Everyone's like, mm. what? Minecraft character? What is going on? Where the hell is Sora? Um, and everybody knew this last character had to be big. And about, I don't know if it was a year ago, maybe two years ago, there was actually a poll that uh, Smash put up on their website. What character do you want to see most? And Sora was the overwhelming response of that. I mean, it was just, it knocked everybody out of the park. Um, but there was always doubt, right? Because Disney. It's, all, it's Disney. How do you put a Disney character? Of course, he's Final Fantasy 2, Square Enix, and there's already Square Enix characters now in Smash, like Cloud and Sephiroth, but how do you put a Disney character who was like partial with Sora into Smash, and they did it, and he's finally here? Um, and me, I'm I'm probably one of the most excited people ever, uh, because Kingdom Hearts is one of my favorite games, literally of all time. Um it 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 came at a time where it emerged final fantasy and disney two things i love together and you don't get that a lot where people work together uh the way they are right now and it works out the way this is like the the deal to make kingdom hearts was like sony and spider-man like that's how like crazy (laughs) like uh kingdom hearts was to the world um and i'm glad it's still going and now he's here in the smash roster uh and there's about to be a lot of people on smash um tonight because technically comes out like nine (laughs) o'clock tonight as we're recording this he's not out yet but when people hear this episode he will be out um and it's it, the internet about to slow down on smash so uh just get ready for all the crazy tweets and stuff you might see on accident like you gonna catch some 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 Sora strays on your timeline for sure um these next couple of days but just know uh it's a really exciting time for smash fans and for kingdom hearts fans uh where the two meet and it is it, it, really wild out here man so sora is is, is out here
1: yeah, man, it's always good to see some something that people desperately wanted and been asking for for a really long time come over into this universe. Obviously, Super Smash Brothers, you know, one of, if not the most popular, you know, games out there at this point and um the addition of another equally iconic and popular character from that from that kingdom hearts universe coming in in here is, is super exciting to, to sort of round this out and complete complete this uh complete this set of fighters that they have um it, it'll go down in, in history i think yeah. it's one of the greatest fighting games ever um it's truly it's truly yes. a fascinating <laughs> and extraordinary experiment it'll be i mean it'll be tough to top what they've done with this one but i, I you know if anybody can do it, obviously Nintendo can. They've been doing it for such a long time now, so definitely good on them for this edition. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we are officially down and out for this week's episode of Two Black Nerds. That's all we got for y'all. Thank y'all, as always, for tuning into to another episode. We will be back soon to talk about some new movie releases. There's a lot coming out that we still got to catch up with, including Dune, the new film from Denis Villeneuve, which is adapting the popular book from Frank Herbert, is coming out on HBO Max and in theaters, one of the most anticipated big budget sci-fi action films to come out this year we will of course be back to talk about that we also got to talk about last night in soho it's coming out real soon from director edgar wright he's returning this is the first film since baby driver all the way back in 2017 super excited to see uh last night in soho and we also got french dispatch from wes anderson coming out really soon here um one of the most prolific and celebrated directors of the past 25 years he's doing another film with I mean an absolutely all-star stacked lineup cast which we will you know certainly dive into when that movie comes out so y'all can expect us back here real soon to talk about all those movies and appreciate y'all as always
2: man zendaya and timothy chalamet are having a year right she's going superstars from, she's going from dune to spider-man and mm-hmm. timothy chalamet is going from dune to the french dispatch yep which wow they got. A lot I mean, they're on. kind of the yeah, they're kind of the two hottest stars on the planet right now at this point. They really are. Um, they really are, and they're both. They're both so good. Um, yeah. and they deserve everything coming to them. Uh, but yeah, man, that is. It's just really dope to see. With that being said, y'all, we are Audi five thousand, and remember, I always bet on black. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Black Nerds. We're the two black, two nerdy, and we out y'all. Peace.
0: Turn all my pain into well, shit. Now I be whipping some shit that I prayed for. All my shit paid for. Niggas a switch on you, quit. Like what team do you play for? I dare fake nigga like cage clothes All my life I have been ten toes. GED my initials. So fuck what you talking. I get every dollar. I don't have a collar. If I did, I would pop it. Like nigga was popping, but bro I can't call it. Like look what we started, but now we here Niggas throwing shade out of fear. Cause where I'm at, niggas see they self. Don't be mad, bro. Just be yourself.